What up, cryptids and milfs? I'm your host, Amanda. And I am Ella, and you are entering the sovereign country of Scully Nation, where the flashlights are flickery and the blazers are boxy. This is an X-Files rewatch podcast. We rewatch the X-Files, we talk about it, and guess what? What? It's my first time watching. Oh. Isn't that that's, wacky? That is pretty wacky, because it's my fourth time watching the show. Whoa. Whoa. Fs. Fs? First and fourth. Oh. Okay. All right. I don't know. I'm just trying to find common ground. Okay. I'm a mediator by nature. Uh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into the the night's entertainments entertainments sure <laughs> i don't like that that I makes it sound a little sorted it well it's a sorted little up that's true mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. my yes the night's entertainments um this is a reminder a warning mm. a a threat oh goodness. that our season six wrap-up episode is coming up soon it's coming feels like we just did the season five one and now we're on season six already it's a wacky my god time flies we're all gonna die one day we are um so if you (laughs) would like to submit some questions some comments some whatever for our season six wrap-up episode please do so the deadline is october 15th Mm -hmm. um you can send us an email at scullynationpod at gmail.com or you can uh, dm us on twitter and Instagram at Scully Nation Pod. I swear to God, <laughs> Twitter DMs are open. Mm-hmm. There's been some troubles with that Technical one. difficulties. I don't know if it's my fault. I don't know if it's Elon's fault. We know Elon has been intercepting our mail. I think it's Elon's fault. Yeah. But I swear they're open now. You can, But if, if you send me a message on Twitter and I don't respond, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just incompetent. So you can just... Send us an email instead. I, we're definitely getting emails. We're definitely getting emails. Twitter yeah. is hit or miss, as we all know. Yeah. Instagram, Instagram. Sometimes, I for, I, sometimes I forget to check the message requests. But it seems to be pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, if I don't respond to Twitter, send us an email. And curse, curse Elon's name. And curse Elon every day of the week. That ends in why, am I right? Exactly. I, this got weird. I don't know. I don't care that much. I don't either. Uh, yeah, so questions, comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Recipes. Re- recipe ideas. Uh, fan art of our nonsense. Fan art of our nonsense. Um, any recipe ideas that are sent in do have to uh, rival the lemon bread, mm-hmm. which was sent in before, which was delicious. It was very so good. So if you do send us a recipe, you better be bringing your A game. We will make fun of you publicly. <laughs> we will. We will not. We're not mean. We probably won't. Yeah, we're a little mean. Well, that's true. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we're a little mean. I guess the people have heard our uh, con- convention wrap-up episode, so we'll see how mean we were. Which we haven't recorded yeah, yet. I don't know so yet. I'm excited to find out how mean we are. Yeah, it'll be exciting. <laughs> All right. Um, not to any people, normal people, by the way. No. It would only be to the actors and writers. Yes, of course. Just to be clear. And to the universe. And maybe to the universe. And maybe to ourselves a little and bit. And to ourselves. I hope Always. not. Oh, wait, well, now I got sad. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. Okay, right. sorry, I interrupted you. Go on. Um, I think that's it. Submit yeah. questions. All right. Let's, let's get into it. Okay. Tonight is a steamy night Mm -hmm. it's a romantic night it's a a surgery filled night (laughs) yeah i guess sure technically yeah because we are talking about season six episode 18 milagro or as kim manners calls it 
Malagra. Malagra, which we'll talk about later, yes. I assume. Yes. I have to admit to a secret attraction. I'm sorry I didn't include a note explaining that, but you didn't know me then. Yeah, and I don't know you now, and I don't care to. I see this is making you uncomfortable, and I'm sorry. It's just that I'm taken with you. That never happens to me. We're like that way. All right, this episode aired on April 18th, 1999. The story was written by John Scheiben and Frank Spotnitz, but the teleplay was written by Chris Carter himself. And the episode was directed by Kim Manners himself. <gasps> and this episode takes place in, that's right, everybody, it's in Mulder's apartment. Woo! Not just his apartment building. Oh. We get we get floors. We get hallways. We get elevators. We get yes. other apartments. Yes. It's very exciting. Oh, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, and a short plot synopsis. A series of murders takes place where the heart has been removed from the victims. A writer that lives next door to Mulder is, cre- is writing a novel about the murders before they actually happen. Scully finds herself confused and drawn to the writer who has a romantic interest in her. Hmm. 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 Well, shall we dive on into that... Every word. Throbbing in. meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the heart. Yeah. Or, oh, sure. Sure. Like the heart. <laughs> or, or. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's hop on in. We open in a room that looks like Mulder's apartment, but mm-hmm. somehow more grim. Sadder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, Mulder's apartment's not bad. Comparatively, yeah. It's decorated. He's got like art on the walls. Mm-hmm. He's a waterbed. He's got well, fish. Well, probably not anymore. Does well, he, probably. wait, does he still have that waterbed? It did actually break. In the yeah, but did he not just like patch it up? What if he has a half-filled, empty little water bed saying. that like hurts his back every time he gets in it? He probably does, right? With duct tape on it. Yeah. Oh, Mulder. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he, life's a struggle for this man. It is, but it's even more of a struggle for some people. Mm-hmm. We see a man sitting at a table in the middle of what looks like Mulder's living room with a typewriter. There's nothing else in the room but some sticky notes on the wall and a sheet hung over the window like curtains. So it's very sparse. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, the actor is John Hawks, Woo! who we love, or I love, I don't know. I love him. You may know him from Deadwood. Yes. From, he was on an episode of Psych once. He's in Winter's Bone. He's probably been in other things. I think he's one of those that's been in everything. Yeah. He's one of those characters. He has that, yeah. he has a face. He's got a character actor face. He really an does. An aura. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Loved him on Deadwood. Don't remember what he was up to <laughs> yeah. so much. He was Timothy Oliphant's best friend. Yeah. I remember that. Saul Starr. Yep. He mm-hmm. would, he f- experienced anti-Semitism sometimes. He did. Which wasn't cool. He got shot in the movie, right? Yeah, that sounds right. I guess right. I shouldn't be saying oh, that. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, it came out a long time ago. Also, we don't remember if that's true. No. <laughs> he got shot sometime, for sure. He did. Yeah. Um, or that might have been in the show, actually. Did he, he have, did he have a some... cute little girlfriend or something? Am I imagining he, that? He, yeah, he was uh, in like a thing with Trixie, right? Right. They that's... had like a thing going on? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We definitely watched the we show. We watched it so much. <laughs> yeah. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Don't remember a lot about the plot. No. Just sober watching it too that's mm-hmm. the worst part mm-hmm. just talking yeah <laughs> anyway um so we love him we're predisposed to love this man which 
is interesting. You know, it's just like, what was it? Hitchcock talked about how the actors bring their entire filmography with them oh. in the minds of the audience. And okay. you have to play on that as a filmmaker. I never heard that, but yeah. Um, it's like this, <laughs> I assume. Because we're predisposed to like him. Yes. So we see a montage of him wandering around thinking, listening at the wall with a glass. Hmm. That's fine. Whatever. Um, and the quality of the light is like changing from daytime to dusk to night as he's chain smoking and drinking and thinking, but not seeming to write anything. Mm-hmm. That looks like writers to me. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Ladies. He's studying Howie hard mm-hmm. at work. <laughs> he's calling Chris Carter. Yeah. He's saying, please, God, you got to save me, man. <laughs> you got to write the script for me. I know me. it's Christmas, Come but on. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music is also very good. Yeah. In this whole episode, but also in this scene, it's just like there's some slight heartbeat noises. Yeah. It's good. It's atmospheric. This guy then walks into his bathroom, stares into the mirror, closes his eyes, and when he opens them again, he reaches between the buttons of his shirt and starts um, just kind of digging his heart out, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. with his nails, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. until, you know, blood is splattering everywhere and he just pulls out his still beating heart and looks at it. Well, that's weird. That's what it's like when you have writer's block. Is that true? Um, I guess a little bit. Well, there you I go. Know. Now you understand. Maybe if you ripped your beating heart out of your chest, it would solve some things. Perhaps. That makes sense. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, we got some credits. And now the credits are over. Our man, are we calling him Paget? I guess Paget. Okay, I had Paget. Phil, Philly. <clears throat> Philly Phil, boy. Philly. Philharmonic. Pageant. <laughs> Pageant. Yeah. Pageant. Um, because it sounds like pendant, kind of. Not really. You know? It has a P in it. Argue, there's a P. Yeah. Yep. It has some letters in common. It's not the most dissimilar word. Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Paget is going down to the basement. So um, in one of my favorite recurring bits on this show, we have another apartment building with a huge live furnace that people can just use for disposing of their evidence for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I love it. It does I make sense that Mulder's apartment would have this. Very true. So he looks into the flames of the furnace and he sees a beating heart. Is it his? Is it someone else's? Oh my God. Is it his paramours? <gasps> I don't know. Um... He, so, yeah, so he stares at that. He kind of dissociates a little bit. He gets on the elevator, and then uh, it opens, and Scully gets on. What is she doing here? Man. Strange. Um, Paget just stares at her. Mm-hmm. He does not even try to hide the fact that he's staring at her. He doesn't pretend that he's looking at the walls or the bulletin. He just stares mm-hmm. at her. Mm-hmm. Like a creep. Mm-hmm. It is very unsettling. It's very intense. Yes. Um, and Scully does her best to pretend that she doesn't notice she's being stared at. Mm -hmm. The hashtag woman experience. Yep, she's been there. (laughs) Yes. We've all been there. Um, she does her best, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, Paget, he's not winning himself any favors. Uh, he is clearly enamored with her. He's staring at her beautiful lips, her Mm -hmm. beautiful eyes. And it's like, listen, we all, we all love Jillian Anderson, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to stare at her like that. In an elevator. It's inappropriate. It is. You can't do that. I was just uh, glad that we didn't get stuck in an elevator at the con with any of the actors because I probably would have acted like this, right? Of course. I wouldn't have. You would have just Not in real life. right in their faces. <laughs> Not in real life, but, you know, emotionally, maybe. Maybe it, like, shoved them into the corner a little bit, just kept staring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't. You would not have done I, that. I would not have done no. that. Because I'm... 
a normal person. I feel like you would desperately avoid eye contact. Yes. Like you do in any elevator. I would try to like pry the panels yeah. off so I could leap <laughs> let out, me out the back. Let me out. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so Paget's in love with Scully. He's freaking her out. He doesn't say a word. She doesn't say a word. It's all very awkward. Mm-hmm. They get off the elevator. Um, or Scully gets off the elevator and he follows her. Yeah. Scully does her best to not sprint down the hallway. It's a valiant effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look like Paget is following her, which is really creepy. But then Scully arrives at Mulder's door. Mm. She knocks. And then Paget lets himself into the apartment right next door. So he's not a creep. Uh, he is. Yeah. But more importantly, Mulder neighbor, neighbor lore. lore. Mulder neighbor lore. We've got a lot of theories about this one. <laughs> Obviously, there's. A, yeah, we'll get into it. We've been this waiting. This is all Mulder's fault. <laughs> it is Mulder's fault. Well, everything's Mulder's fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've been waiting. We've been wanting. We've been asking. And finally. We get to receive. This is fan service for us. Yes. And I love it. How did they know that we would become (laughs) obsessed with Mulder's neighbors Um, and their life experiences? They just knew. It's beautiful. I feel so seen. Kind of. So represented. Right? I love it. This is is a big day. It is. For us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Uh, so anyway, he goes into his apartment. That's great. Uh, Mulder comes toothbrush in hand and invites Scully into his apartment. And she's like, so, so, um, I was just in the elevator with the guy. I guess he's like your next door neighbor. (laughs) Do you know what's up? What's his deal? (laughs) And Mulder's like, yeah, he's a writer. I don't know. He didn't say what he writes, whatever. And Scully like pretends like it did not freak her out and just goes into talking about whatever case they've got right now. I don't believe that Mulder would have noticed who his neighbors are no, or what they're doing. No. Yeah. Or if he has neighbors. I I think he just assumes they're all surveilling him, right? Which which most of them are. Yeah. yeah. Even even this one. Did Paget have to pay like a premium <laughs> to get into this place? Right. How did he get it? Or where or have government agencies stopped surveilling Mulder as much? I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Paget has a prime spot, too. Yeah. Right next to Mulder. He can listen. He can see him, like, mm-hmm. visually his entire living room from his vent easily. This has to be the most requested apartment in the whole building. That is strange. How yeah. did Paget get it? I don't know. He has secret money somehow. I don't know. He sold his gold furniture. That's why he has no furniture <laughs> anymore. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sure. I feel like the it would be in the government's best interest to convince Mulder to move into some sort of reverse panopticon. <laughs> so that yeah. It would save everyone a lot of trouble. Yeah. I don't know. Just like the the walls from Fahrenheit 451 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or is that 1984? Or do they both have it? Uh, I think it's 1984. It's been so long. I don't know. Anyway, the one that has like the entire walls are covered in... Just up. I think I'm mixing them up. I think Fahrenheit 451 is that's like TV on all the walls, and then 1984 is one that's like a TV that's watching you. It Listen, doesn't matter. I read those in tenth grade. It doesn't know. matter. Anyway, <laughs> yes, they do need to just save some time and just like put Mulder in a little cage where they can all watch him. Yeah, <laughs> at the same. T- it wouldn't change his life. <clears throat> um, yeah. So anyway, we so we're starting like kind of in the middle of the case, which is interesting. We see some crime scene photos of a woman who looks like her heart has been ripped out, uh, and it's yeah, it's just like okay. What's going on in this little episode? It's a little different. We also learned that this is the second mm. victim. So. No good. 
Meanwhile, in his apartment, Paget is, uh, he gets up on his chair to listen. It's like a, it's like a rolling chair. So I was like really scared that he was going to fall off. It <laughs> did not look uh, no. stable. No. But he doesn't care. He's uh, he's a man on a mission. So he stands on his chair and he starts listening through the vent. And so he can't, he can see them. Or is that just for our benefit? It's probably just for our benefit. He can probably just hear them. Okay. But then he was like getting, or he was just getting up so he could hear better. Is that Maybe. It? But he could also hear with just the glass, right? I don't know. Maybe he could see them. Maybe he could. That's crazy. Either way, the walls are so thin and he can hear literally every word they're saying, even though they're talking just like in a normal They've had speaking volume. Crazy conversations in this apartment. <laughs> yes, they have. Previous neighbors heard all <clears throat> of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's fine. So, um, Yes. So Scully is talking about the case. So they have two bodies. The heart was removed in both bodies. There were no incisions. There was no cutting of any kind. There was no indication of how the killer did it. There's no DNA, no prints, no hair or fiber. I don't know. They're kind of at a loss. Um, Mulder thinks that this is obviously a psychic surgery. You know, one of your classic cases of psychic surgery. We've all had it. Everyone knows it. Scully says, no way, psychic surgery is just con men dipping their hands in chicken guts to trick the sick and gullible, Um, just like Jim Jones. Mm. He did that. That's weird. It is. Probably shouldn't do that. I've I've done it. Really? Yeah. Why haven't you done it to me? Do you need surgery? Um, I don't know. Aren't you supposed to convince me that I do, and that you've done it, and that you've saved me? I'm a real practitioner. So you can take all my money? No, I'm a real practitioner. do that. Mm. But I'll give you a consultant. Consultation. Consultation. Thank I you. would love a psychic surgery consultation. Okay, we can talk. Okay, we go cool. unscheduled. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So Mulder's like, okay, maybe, or it's an unexplored area of alternative medicine. You know, how else are we going to account for the extraction of the heart without any incisions? It's the perfect crime. And Scully's like, okay, maybe. I don't believe you, but. It doesn't really matter because what we really need to find out is a motive. If we find the motive, we find the murderer. Mm. And then on the other side of the wall, Paget gets a little look in his eye. Team alert. If he finds his motive, he's got his novel done. Team alert. Theme. 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 Theme alert. <laughs> That's fun. We cut to uh, Paget smoking a cigarette again in bed after dark, which that's dangerous. dangerous. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't be smoking in bed. Mm-mm. You're going to burn down the apartment building and then you'll be the bad neighbor instead of Mulder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, He looks very thoughtful and like he cannot sleep because of some obsessive thought. And so he does get Mm. out of bed. Mm. We cut to some teens hanging out in a parked car at Makeout Point. I don't think that's what they call it. I wrote Makeout Point. It's basically Makeout Point. 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 It's Makeout Point. Uh, They're making out. The Okay, so I did look them up. The girl, I knew her from Gilmore Girls and the guy has been on the X-Files before. Oh, okay. So that's how I knew who he was. I did not recognize these people. Anyway, I was like, both of these people look familiar. Okay. Anyway, the girl is not into the fact that the boy, who does look like he's 35, but that's unrelated, (laughs) is, keeps seemingly initiating sex. She's like, I don't, I don't want this right now. It's the exact same conversation you get in every single one of these scenes. Yep. It's pretty classic. It's kind of like copy and paste the teen makeout scene. Yeah. I don't think they even tried. No. They were asleep at the wheel on this one. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, the guy's laying it on pretty thick. And then we see the camera focus on a creep in a hoodie approaching the teen's car. 
Mandor card hook, hook hand. hand. I don't know the <laughs> order. That's what it is. Terrifying. Uh, the teens start making out again. The girl gets mad again. She just like straight up leaves the car because she's going to take herself out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Abstinence only hashtag represents. Okay. <laughs> All right. Think about it. Uh, <laughs> so she leaves. And then uh, the boy is like huffing around for a second. He finally gets out of the car too to follow her. But before he can catch up with her, he gets attacked by Hoodie Man. Like really attacked. Like chased down at a run and then mm-hmm. like tackled into the bushes. <laughs> And then his heart gets ripped out of his chest, still beating. Uh-oh! Just like what that bitch of a girlfriend did to him when she didn't fuck him. That's right. That's that wrong. That is so right. I'm kidding. I cannot take a man in a hoodie seriously. <laughs> wow. Ooh, <laughs> I bold. I don't know. Bold take. I feel like it It just makes him look slightly silly. He just, he looks like he's, you know, it's like a light drizzle outside or something. I don't know. Makes him look silly. Okay. It was not striking fear into my heart. I'll just but, say but that. But you couldn't see his face. Isn't that scary? Yeah, but he doesn't have to, if he could wear a different kind of hood. If yeah. he was wearing, like, a raincoat with a hood. Like, mm. that wouldn't. Like Skinner's wife. Like, exactly. Mm. Like Skinner's wife. <laughs> but a hoodie. That's fair. It just makes me think he's, like, a 15-year-old. That's fair, actually. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, I'm episode canceled. Episode is definitely canceled. Poor, poor Kevin. His heart has been ripped out. We smash cut to Paget, who is finally getting some work done. Hallelujah. And, uh, oh, the words. I, I just wrote down beating heart. I don't know. Oh, yeah? He's on his typewriter. Yeah, he's, he's writing. writing something about a beating heart. So, that's strange. Uh oh. That's odd. We go to the FBI HQ. Scully is arriving early in the morning. 6 a.m. 6 a.m., yes. Uh, Mulder calls to talk to her, and he tells her that we have a third victim. And uh, he wants Scully to come out here so that she can explain medically what's going on. And Scully is like, I don't know. I haven't been able to explain the other bodies. I don't know why I would be able to explain this one. And Mulder is saying that there were no witnesses, there's no evidence, there's no DNA, there's nothing. They're really in the dark on this one. And Scully's like, all the more reason why we should focus on the motive. There has to be some kind of a reason why this guy is choosing his victims. There has to be some kind of a pattern. And Mulder's like, I don't know. They all seem pretty different. I have no idea why. While she is talking to Mulder... She notices a letter that was pushed under Mulder's office door, and she picks it up, and she Mulder's opens up office. the office. I'm sorry. No, she does the say it. She says office. your office door. That's why I wrote it. I know. That's it's stupid. It. It's fine. This is a continuing problem. This is just my issue. Sorry, you going. Um, it's only Mulder's name on the door. Why? I don't, I Sc- don't, I don't know. Scully better have a really nice office. Yeah. We, next we, door. We it's can't fine. talk about this I know. Again. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> yes. Um... She opens the envelope, and inside is a small pendant, and it kind of looks like a flaming heart. Or I don't know if you can tell it's flaming. It looks like a heart, yeah. at the very least. And uh, that's strange. Mm. Hmm. So Scully examines the pendant, and then we get... We're, we're going into fantasy land now. Mm-hmm. We get some slow motion voiceover from Paget's novel. So I'm excited to see what he's been writing about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we learn that what he's writing about 
is Scully. Mm-hmm. So we get some very some very purple prose about Scully's thought processes and what she's thinking about, and we're kind of like panning lovingly around her face while she's examining it, and there's like golden light, and I don't know, the, mm-hmm. the beautiful morning light is, I don't know. It's quite dreamy. It is quite dreamy, yes. Anyway, so... In Paget's ideas of Scully's thoughts, she's wondering about the killer. She's wondering whether the killer is a religious fanatic of some kind. Um, she was certain that the killer is a man, and she kind of imagined him. She pictured his face. It would be a plain face, an average face. And then we see Paget's plain, average face. Um, she does say that... Or he does mention that Scully is naturally trusting, which mm, I don't Scully? buy. Scully? Dana Scully? Dana Scully? She doesn't even trust her mom. Um, yeah, I will say that, you know, he nails certain aspects of Scully and uh, certain aspects I don't know about. Yeah. I would I not say she's naturally trusting. No, I don't think so. I guess she's she's naturally trusting of institutions. Yes. That's true. I don't know naturally trusting of people, though. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, so she, whatever. So then we see, we get the same loving panning around Paget's face, although without the golden lighting. So yeah. That's Sad. fine, I guess. Sad. Sexism. Um, he has lovely eyes. We can, yeah, we can he see his lovely eyes. lovely eyes. I would love the, to see his eyes lit by the morning glow. Um, maybe we would, but he's in his crappy apartment. Uh, that's so. true. Fair enough. There is. Yeah. Although there's there's some nice lighting in that apartment at the very least. It's a crappy apartment, but it's well now I know. It always looked like kind of a nice apartment to me, like frankly, mm-hmm. on you know, grading on the curve of what's available to people sure. these days. Yeah. But apparently you can just hear everything your neighbor says, so that sucks. That is a downside. Mm. But oh well. Um, so yes, yeah, so Scully's thinking about how uh, imagination is not her strength as an investigator and how she was a marshal of cold facts. It's a good line. Um, and then talking about kind of sexist criticism that she's soft and malleable and how she has to work harder and be better to prove herself and um, how she's worried about how Mulder would be able to instinctively guess who the killer is, but all she can do is guess and da-da-da-da-da. And then we, of course, we have to mention, because a man is writing this, that she is beautiful. Oh, she's we, so hot. You know, we're, we're talking about <sighs> her thoughts and her feelings, cute. but we have to mention she's- that she's hot she's so hot yeah it's important that you know that she mm-hmm. felt the weight of her breasts in front of her. <laughs> there it was a little <laughs> breasting boobily yeah, at times for sure but you know what that's that's, that's okay right. yeah um yeah i don't know i i will i have a higher tolerance for purple prose than um I think you do, perhaps. Mm, maybe. That's true. I like some purple prose now and again. I was fine with this. Okay. It was okay. a little put on, but, you know. Yeah. That's fine. It's a Chris Carter script. It he, was tough when he said his... an errant strand of Titian hair. That was, yes. <laughs> but. You know, it it, uh, it goes up and down. No, um, it's also kind of funny. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. I mean, I'm, we'll get into it. I am assuming Chris Carter knows what he was doing. Yeah. Um. So, yes. Uh. I don't know. Is that all, all the important things he talks about? I think so. I think so. There is like also, again, a slow, steady heartbeat under the entire yes. monologue, which is pretty cool. The Sound design. Vibes are off the charts. Very good. Yes. 
We step out of the dream and back into Scully explaining to Mulder what the pendant is. It is a milagro. Uh, Warren is a lucky charm. And Mulder, just with like big puppy dog eyes, is like, it came here for me. (laughs) Oh Oh my God. A lucky charm. But Scully says it was dropped off at reception by an average ass man. No fingerprints, no DNA. And Mulder's like, I don't even think this is the killer, even though the pendant does have a burning heart on it. Because so far, the killer hasn't left any clues, so why would he suddenly do something this heavy-handed? And Scully says, hey, maybe it's a taunt about the next victim. And Mulder is like, you know, this is character growth for me, but I'm realizing that not literally everything is only about me, so it's possible. Are you sure? It, not everything. So it's possible that this was sent to you, Scully? Okay. And she's like, I am a person. <laughs> People do send me mail. But this is your office, Mulder. What? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and he's like, maybe it's a secret admirer. Whatever, Mulder. It is. He's right. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, he's right. Whatever. Uh, so Scully's like, okay, cool. I'll check that out. But Mulder says, nah, you got to do a 9 a.m. autopsy of the latest victim first. Mm-hmm. And Scully's like, wow. Thank you. <laughs> For making my schedule for me, but I am going to be a little bit late to that. Mm-hmm. And then Mulder just looks sad and confused, like he's like, "Oh, I fucked up," but I didn't realize it. Yeah, he she just like storms out. He's like, "Wait, she mad at me? What did I do? Wait, huh? <laughs> this is the desk all over again and never again." Exactly. And it was literally called "Never Again." Mm-hmm. Why did I do this? Mm-hmm. I do also have to note um, that uh, Scully has a love interest in this episode, and Mulder is not insanely jealous. No. Scully was. He does try to to get him put in jail for murder. That's true, but it's not it's not quite the same vibe. No. (laughs) What if it was? What if she like touched the manuscript and he like it cut to him and he's like (laughs) you know what actually actually, You know what? No, I'm changing my mind. (laughs) I would actually appreciate that. (laughs) Just crosses his arms. (laughs) Just sighing, like rolling his eyes. That would yeah. actually be quite funny. Mm-hmm. I would actually enjoy that, I think. I would believe that mm-hmm. the character Mulder would do it more than Skelly would anyway. Yeah, that's honestly, the thing. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. anyway. <sighs> so, Scully arrives at a uh, beautiful church. There did- is nobody there. Does, but- she just, does she just arrive or does she open the doors like Aragorn? Um, she like opens like okay. double doors. <laughs> Didn't notice, but yeah, like I guess Eric so. in the gift. No, she does a little bit, right? Yeah. Sorry, that mm-hmm. was an important moment for me. No, it personally. was. Yeah, uh, I think she carries the same uh, <laughs> dramatic heft. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it seems like nobody is here in this church, but she is being watched from the shadows, which is very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes up and stands in front of a huge painting of uh, Jesus holding a flaming heart um or wait was it mary it was jesus it was jesus it was jesus mm-hmm. thank you i doubted myself that's okay never never doubt jesus uh I <laughs> or yourself i was doubting myself or yourself um okay <laughs> i probably will well you probably should actually I that's probably healthy. Should. Yeah. yeah that's mean <gasps> well wow. you're supposed to be for lifting me up lift you up <laughs> what walk <laughs> on <laughs> Stormy seas. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, go on. Okay. The song, you know? I don't, but it doesn't matter. You raised me up to walk on stormy seas. Okay. I mean, or lift me up. I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't know why you thought if you repeated it again, I would, I would then know the song. It's like you were the wind beneath my wings. Oh, I know that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Um, anyway, Scully is pondering art. Yes. Because she's a classy lady. She is a class. Well, that's, yeah. Yes. She is. I mean, she is. <laughs> she is. It's just, is she here because she's classy? <clears throat> Maybe not. Okay. So she, while she is pondering art, she's interrupted by Paget, who just like shows up. She's a little startled that he is here. And uh, he says that he often comes here to look at this painting because it's very beautiful, just like some other things in this church, <laughs> you know? Um, so then he kind of unloads to her about this painting, everything he knows about it. So it is um, called My Divine Heart, about the miracle of St. Mar- Margaret Mary. Um, all about the revelations of the Sacred Heart, all about how Christ came to Margaret Mary, his heart so inflamed with love that it was no longer able to contain its flames of charity. And Margaret asked uh, the Lord to take her heart, and so he did, and he placed it next to Christ so that it would flame with ever-burning passion. Then he restored it to her and healed her wound. He says it a lot more poetically than that, mm-hmm. but uh, that's the gist. I said he was Catholic-splaining to Scully. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Scully is listening to all of this, and even though she's, like, a little freaked out, she is starting to get intrigued despite herself. Mm-hmm. She's not happy about it, but she's like, mm, okay, okay, maybe, I don't know. This is a freaky little weirdo. I do like what a freaky little weirdo talks to me about mm-hmm. nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does. That's my type. She does. So then Scully kind of asks him why he's telling her all about this. And Paget says that he knew that she would come here to look at this painting because he's been following her. And she's like, that's great. And then she leaves the building and never talks to him again. And that's the end of the episode. Scully, no, you should. Um, She should, but she wants to open her heart to extreme possibilities like love. Why is this the one time she's choosing to open her heart? (laughs) She's a freak. I know. I don't know. Love that for her, but... So she says that she recognizes him and she knows that he lives next door to her partner and she kind of asks him why he's following her and he says that he wasn't exactly following her. He just imagined that she would come here today um, because he's a writer and he imagines how people behave and then they do. And he talks about how he's noticed her. He sees that she's wearing a gold cross and he goes into this long explanation about how she has like church town parking permits and government parking exemptions and like maybe she jogs next to this building and she would like pass it and think about it and even though it's hard to park here she's got free parking and da 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 etc 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 and that's why he knew that she would be in this church at this time and from the look on Scully's face you can tell that he is nailing it mm-hmm. he's getting every single detail right and it's a little creepy yikes but a little intriguing hmm. at the same time. Hmm. You know, he's got an hmm. average trusting face. He does. And who doesn't love to be seen? It's mortifying, but nice. Exactly. And so he admits to Scully that he has a bit of a secret attraction. Not that Not secret. secret. <laughs> Not a secret. Not at all. <laughs> Um, and Scully's like, okay, she, she tries to rein it in. She's like, okay, whatever. I don't want to get to know you. You're being a little weird. You're making me uncomfortable. And Paget like, sort of apologizes, but he's like, I, I don't know. I'm just really, really taken with you, and that never happens to me. We're alike that way. And Scully's like, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> he's right again. God. 
And so she she's very shaken by this. She has like one single tear in her eye and then yeah. she walks away. She's like, people cannot know about me. I don't like this. I got to get out of here. I wouldn't even tell my mom mm-hmm. about my cancer. Relatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Scully arrives at the morgue and Mulder is like, well, you weren't joking about being late. <laughs> I was about to start slicing and dicing myself, which would be bad. I do kind of appreciate in um, Scully-centric episodes when she's having, like, dramatic existential crises. And then, like, whenever Mulder shows up, he's always just like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, considering how what a mope he is a lot of the time, he's yeah. very, like, goofy. It's I very don't know. funny. It is. It's cute. I guess perhaps bad blood. We're just seeing him through Scully's eyes. That's how she sees him. Yeah. Aww. That's sweet. It's kind of cute. Yeah. I don't know. I like the Mulder Scully sees. Yes. Um, anyway, so he, uh, she's like, yeah, I was doing some research and realizing that I owe you an apology. You were right about the Milagro's um, insignificance, like the little charms insignificant. Mm-hmm. And of course, now that Skelly believes that the pendant was insignificant, Mulder's like, no, 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 no. It's the key to the whole case. I've changed my mind. These two just can't be on the same side of anything. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Mulder thinks it may be a communication from the killer because most psychosurgeons believe themselves to be imbued with the Holy Spirit and that their hands become the miracle tools of God. And Skelly's like, nah, nah, nah. This is nothing more than the tool used by a lovelorn Romeo who just happens to be your next door neighbor. (gasps) And Mulder's confused by this, <laughs> understandably. I have neighbors? Skelly tells Mulder that the writer is Skelly's secret admirer who claims to know all of the secrets of her heart. And Mulder looks a little bit shocked about this. And he's like, you're, you're kidding. Does anyone know the secrets of your heart? Sounds fake. Yeah. Uh, and Skelly is like, I don't know, this guy cornered me today and he told me my own life story and it was actually kind of frightening. And then Mulder... He doesn't, like, check in on her at all. He's not like, hey, are you okay that you got cornered by a a psychopath Mm -hmm. who told you your life story? He's just like, is he the killer? Um, Which I guess, fair. In the scheme of everything, Skelly and Mulder have been through this, like, barely registers, to be fair, I guess. I guess. They've had a lot happen. Yeah, they have. But anyway, um, Skelly's like, nah, I don't think he's our killer. He's frightening in that he has way more information than he should, but not that he's, like, going to kill me or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Although, girl, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Mulder's like, okay, well, did you get his name? And Skelly's like, no, but you can you can do a little mail fraud, can't you, you little bitch? And then she just walks away. <laughs> and you know he can. And you know he can. Mm-hmm. Smash cut to Mulder committing mail theft. <laughs> That's a crime. It's a big crime. It's not okay. So he breaks into the apartment building's P.O. box and steals all of Paget's mail. Which is not cool. I guess he's just trying to figure out the guy's name. He didn't have to take it. He could have just looked at it and left it in there. I guess he was looking for secrets. (laughs) But he, like, takes his phone bill. He's, like, not going to pay his phone bill now, and then he's going to get in trouble with the phone company. That's true. That's true. Mulder. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he planned on later just, like, oh, sorry, you dropped this, and he hands the, like, shredded and crumpled, (laughs) like... Just, like, taped it back together. (laughs) Yes, there's, like, notes on it. It's like, oh, you must have dropped this on the ground. Here it is. Probably. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. he's charming enough to get away with it, right? Um, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone could. Yeah. Yeah. Just put those puppy dog eyes right. Although, Mm -hmm. Padgett has puppy dog eyes, too. That is very true. He's got even bigger, puppier eyes. They do... Yes, they do have some similarities. So that is going to be 
troubling for Mulder, I think. What if they just started trying to puppy dog eye each other? Oh, puppy dog off. Puppy dog off. <laughs> <laughs> an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Exactly. Yeah. Puss in boots mm-hmm. meets puss in boots. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I'm just like imagining like uh, laser beams <laughs> shooting at each other. Or, exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so. Paget arrives. He gets on the elevator with Mulder. Um, he stares at Mulder the same way he was staring at Scully. I Bisexual wanted to get. King. Uh, yes, Sorry. thank you. Be, yeah, I was gonna say I wanted some dramatic slow mo voiceover about Mulder. I know. I thought we were at least gonna get like a zoom in on the lips and the eyes again, <laughs> but no, nothing. If I was directing this, they they wrote this assuming everyone is straight. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher. Ridiculous. So Mulder strikes up a conversation. He introduces himself and uh, Paget volunteers that he is a writer. And Mulder's like, oh, have you written anything I would know? And Paget says, I don't think so. And they, yeah, they just kind of have some awkward charged conversation. And then they go into their separate apartments. And right before they go in, Paget is like, you're an FBI agent working on a murder case, right? Any Anything I would know? And Mulder's like, baby. <laughs> and he freaks out. This is his uh, mm-hmm. version of being jealous. <laughs> there you go. Um, I mean, he does get a very funny moment later it's, on, which I did appreciate. Yeah, so, yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. <coughs> Padgett goes back into his room and sits down at his little typewriter. And we get some more of his voiceover as he continues tip-tap typing. And he is telling the story of the Boo Crew. You know, he talks about Mulder violating the Fourth Amendment. Um, expeditiously violating. Expeditiously. Which he does. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, he talks about... Um, oh, sorry. We see Mulder listening at the the wall vent this time. So mm-hmm. Mulder's listening in on Padgett as he's writing all of this. And he's like, why are there so many cameras up here? What the fuck? these microphones. <laughs> God damn it. What's, what's going on? Strange. I never noticed this. There's uh, a guy in the vents. So he's like, oh, shit. Fucking probably. Yeah. I mean, they're all over. Mm-hmm. They're always listening. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, Paget's voiceover continues about how Scully has become aroused by this whole situation. And we Come cut on. to Scully. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bud. That, that one line. Come I was like, on. He's like, um, had Scully aroused Mulder's suspicions? Agent Dana Scully had become simply aroused. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Fan fiction ass bullshit. Anyway, (laughs) so (laughs) that's fine. We get to Scully finishing up an autopsy, like, covered in blood, looking thoughtful, but not necessarily aroused. (laughs) I guess maybe her suspicion and her curiosity. Yes. Uh, So um, he talks about, in voiceover again, how the stranger's unsolicited compliments played on the dampened strings of her instruments. She was flattered. His words presented a pretty picture of herself, unlike the practical facade she puts forth in her work. Uh, And then we see her gazing at the Milagro again, and the voiceover is like, she felt an involuntary flush and rebuked herself for the girlish indulgence. (laughs) And then she felt her breasts (laughs) pressing against her shirt. Yes, of course. Barely contained by the buttons. (laughs) 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 Basically, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. 
Um, oh, sorry. We cut to... <laughs> I forgot it still goes on. There's so much going on. We cut to what is presumably a fantasy version of Skelly, where she is making out with the writer on his bed, and he's, like, you know, stroking her leg, unbuttoning her blouse. We get some voiceover about how the stranger is looking into her eye and knowing her better than she knows herself, and she feels wild, feral, guilty as a criminal. Oh, my goodness. I kind of like that part. Yeah, it's fine. Dream Skelly's gazing very intently at Paget. They start making out some more. The voiceover is supposing that Skelly is wondering whether the stranger has awakened something new in her or just gave voice to something already there. And she wonders what her partner would think of all this. Ooh. 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 He's into it, but he won't admit it. Next question. <laughs> yes. Um, the atmosphere. Yeah. The atmosphere. It's quite good, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. I, she could do better, but Skelly deserves to make out with someone. Yeah. Um, I'll also say, I mean, we're kind of uh, starting to get an idea of Scully's type, which is just like a man who's obsessed with her and doesn't have mm-hmm. anything in his apartment. Yeah, in the same apartment. And has puppy dog eyes. I mean, it's it's not a bad type if you're yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. You know, go it's, for it, Scully. It's a good work if you can get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she and Mulder aren't going anywhere, I guess. She might as well find someone else. Exactly. Come on. Come on. So, um, from the vision of Paget and Scully kissing, we smash cut to Mulder sitting on his couch and fuming he's opening Paget's mail he's all mad um i don't know he's like scully can't be pursued by another unbalanced man with no life that's my job i think he's in my same apartment building exactly. this is not fair this is this is tough for boulder yeah this is a so tough he's week. getting jealous <laughs> yeah, yeah a little bit so um scully arrives on Mulder's floor she walks towards Mulder's apartment, but then she kind of pauses um, outside Paget's uh, apartment. She hears him tip-tap typing away. She knows that he is writing about her, mm-hmm. and she's curious. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of go inside to Paget, who is like Kubrick staring at his uh, <laughs> typewriter. He's like, it's very intense. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's yes. like, ooh, whoa. He's serious about writing. <laughs> He's in the zone. Yes. Uh, what's the What's the phrase where you get the... Where you're in the zone, writing wise. Um, there's like a, it's like not slipstream writing, but stream there's a of phrase conscious. for it. <laughs> not stream of conscious. Well, I can't remember. Okay. There's a phrase for that. But anyway, um, he is interrupted from his uh, writing sesh by Scully knocking on the door. Um, she makes up a very flimsy excuse to return his pendant because she can't return his gesture. And it's all very clearly a uh, pretense yep. to come talk to him. Oh, my God. I forgot my sweater at your apartment. I guess <laughs> I have to come over again. Yes. And Paget is not buying this. He's like, I know you're curious about me. And Scully's like, yes, <laughs> I'm not happy about it. <laughs> And uh, you should know that I don't like it when people make me admit it. So mm-hmm. if you keep on this path, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she kind of looks past him. She sees his sad, lame apartment, no furniture. And she's like, fuck, I'm Not really again. into this. Not again. It's even worse than Mulder. I love it. <laughs> and she kind of asks about his uh, furniture. And he's like, I have what I need. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a bed. Yeah, he does. Winky face. More than Mulder has. Very true. <clears throat> and so he says, I don't know. I don't need much. I just live in my head. I'm writing my books. He, uh, She asks him if he's written anything that she would know. And he says, no, they're all failures except for the one I'm writing now. I think I'm finally getting it right. Mm-hmm. And um, he 
I don't know, Scully says that he leads a strange, curious life, and he's like, it's not so different from yours. We're both lonely. And Scully says, loneliness is a choice. So at least she knows it. Yeah. At least she's uh, self-aware about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she's doing. And so then Paget invites her in for a coffee, and Scully's like, I know this guy is a murderer. I really shouldn't go in there. But those but, eyes. But. I can't help it. I love a little freak. She loves a little freak, and I'm I'm I support her. Did Did Ed have uh, furniture? He had like a normal apartment, right? It was, it was kind of sad. sad. Okay, but he did have furniture. Yeah, but it was sad enough to be in, that she was into it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she could sense. Yeah, there was something wrong. <laughs> this man is using a cardboard box for a coffee table. Yeah, I know this. Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do that for three years? Not three whole years. It was not three whole years. The box eventually deteriorated, but we did use it for a while. Yes. And then got a worse table somehow. I worse preferred the box. The box was better. <laughs> but now we have a lovely coffee sure. table. Yes. So it's fine. Uh, the next apartment over, Mulder is continuing to fume and do some investigating with a stack of newspapers. Well, that, that'll be relevant in just a moment. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, in Paget's apartment, Scully sees his typewriter has a page that says, how will it end or something? Mm-hmm. And Paget comes back into the main room. He hands her a mug of coffee. I bet. Do you think this is bad coffee? I was going to say, I bet it's pretty bad coffee, but maybe not. Maybe that's the one thing he knows how to make. I believe that he knows how to make coffee, but I don't think he has, like, the equipment yeah. in order to... So it's probably bad. Okay. Um, <clears throat> she... You know, they're both standing or whatever. Skelly is very defensively kind of like, my life's not, like, so lonely. It's it's actually anything but. So she's a little in denial. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and... The ha- Scully way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, how is it you think you know so much about me? And Paget's like, well, you know, I'm writing about you. And she says, since when? And he says, since I first noticed you, you lived in my old neighborhood. Ooh. And then the Kill Bill sirens start going off. <laughs> yeah. Scully, get out of there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. And she's like, so you moved into this building by coincidence? <laughs> Please? Please? And he's like, no, no, no. I moved here because of you. <laughs> There, there wasn't anything available in your building, but I mean, come on, you're here more often than you're at your house anyway. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Uh, and listen, I get it. I should have said something. I could see where this is coming off as a little creepy, <laughs> but to really write someone, I've got to be in their head and I got to know them more completely than they know themselves. Mm-hmm. And so Skelly looks down at all of the manuscript pages and she's like, in kind of fascinated horror, this is all about me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's his all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy manuscript. Mm-hmm. Magnum opus. Yeah. Scully fan fiction. Scully reader self-insert <laughs> fan fiction. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he's like, she doesn't want, um, or he doesn't want her to read it yet because it isn't finished. And then he talks about how very helpful it is to have her physically in his apartment and to talk to her. It's really helping him get in her head. Hmm. And then she's like, do you want to sit and stay a minute? And she's like... You don't have anywhere to sit. Mm. Wink. You know what that means. It's a dorm room hangout session where the only place to sit is the bed. Oh, my God. Wow. Oops. Wow. I didn't. Well, I guess if we're here anyway. Sure. <laughs> Let's make out a little bit. So they head on into Paget's bedroom. He tries to flick on the light, but it's out. So he has to switch the bulb. And Scully's just kind of hanging back. She's like, I'm 
I'm a little weirded out. I'm kind of uncomfortable. And he's like, why? You're armed, right? You're fine. Don't worry about it. I got two of them. <laughs> what if it said that? <laughs> Just a goofy voice. It would have broken the moment. They're really, yeah. like, verbally dancing mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this. Yeah, they needed a little bit of comic relief, I think. <laughs> even very silly. Yeah. That's Mulder's job. <clears throat> That's true. No. Which he does. Yes. He does deliver yes. in a second. Yeah. Anyway, so Scully is like, okay, so she does sit down despite her best, better judgment. Um, she kind of looks out of the brick wall. Uh, not much of a view, but a writer doesn't need much mm-hmm. of a view. He's got his imagination. So Paget comes back in, he screws in the new bulb, and um, Scully's like, if you know me so well, I would like you to explain to me why I'm still standing here when I'm so uneasy. And he's like, well, motives are never easy. People are complicated. I don't know. He gets the bulb screwed in, and they sit down on the bed, and immediately the bulb goes out, and he's like, imagine that. So what was the... Was it just like the universe is conspiring to put them in a romantic scene? Is that what that was supposed to be? I think that's probably what they were actually going for. What I like to think was that it was residual electrical issues from Mulder's waterbed exploding. (laughs) (laughs) This is why no one... Because the the other government agents Uh can't surveil him anymore because their Mm -hmm. electrical equipment doesn't work. So that's how Paget got this apartment. That actually... That tracks. Yeah. Um, I don't see why it can't be both. Poor Kano Listos. The universe made his Mm -hmm. waterbed Mm -hmm. because it was... Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. all... It all... All part of the time loop. It all checks out. Mm -hmm. Um, Also... Other random notes, uh, I did like the like blocking of the scene where Skelly's standing in the doorway and as Paget leaves to get another bulb, she like doesn't really move out of the way. So he's like forced to squeeze around her and they get very close. It's, I don't know. You know, they're they're flirting a little bit uneasily. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's some uneasy flirting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hashtag uneasy flirting. <laughs> well, so... They sit there in the dark, in the seductive, Mm. silky dark, Mm. right next to each other. They ponder each other. They look at each other. It's it's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Paget is clearly about to go in for the kiss when Mm -hmm. smash. The door gets kicked open. Mulder runs in with his gun drawn. He's like, Scully! (laughs) Scully! Freaking out. You better not be making out with another man. Exactly. I'm going to lose my shit. And Scully's like, Muller, you're ruining the moment. Get out of here. This is what Scully was doing when he was computer mouse flirting with his girl. <laughs> Come on. It's payback. It is payback. It's true. This is, this is an overreaction to Scully having an interest in another mm-hmm. man. Yes. This is not okay. It's very funny, though. It is incredibly <laughs> funny. I appreciate it. He would, too. He probably does this to his neighbors all the time, frankly. <laughs> This is not the first time. <laughs> Probably. Holder, you can't just run into someone's apartment with guns blazing. But he thought Scully was in danger. <sighs> did he really? <laughs> I don't believe he really uh, did. He th- she, in danger of being smooch. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. In danger of falling for another <gasps> man. No, I can't. She shan't. <laughs> she shan't. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Mulder is very confused that Scully is not being murdered and a little disappointed because yeah. now it's awkward. Yeah. He thought he was saving her from something and mm-hmm. maybe he was going to get a smooch. Mm-hmm. It turns out he was not saving her from anything. <sighs> it's a rough day. Yeah. Rough day. Right next door. Right in front of his salad. <laughs> exactly. Mulder's never eaten a salad. I know. <laughs> right in front of his expired Sunny D. Yes. Um, so... Uh, 
Yeah. So Scully tries to get him to leave. Uh, Mulder is Mulder's all fired up. He's like, I have to find something that implicates Paget because this is really <laughs> awkward, and uh, I don't want Scully to think of me badly. Mm-hmm. So he uh, shows her a page for the manuscript, and then he like shoves Paget against the wall and says that they are arresting him. And when Scully reads it uh, on the page, it says something about pulling out a warm, beating heart. <gasps> He did it. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> Obviously. Come on. Um, lucky for Mulder that he found that. Yeah. Otherwise, he would be on the outs. It would be awkward. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. done other crimes before. I feel like this isn't his first crime. That's true. That's true. He's gotten away with mail Mail theft. Yeah. Exactly. Not his first crime in this episode. Exactly. Do you think when Skinner gets this report, he's just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, but that's how he responds to all of their reports. That's true. To do, be fair. do you think they put their jealousy in the reports? Like, do you think they cannot yes. hide it? <laughs> Skinner and Kimberly are just like making fun of them while they read the reports. Absolutely. Nice. I feel like Mulder wouldn't even think about concealing it. Yeah. So it's just all out there in the open. Yeah. I feel like Scully's is still in there, but it's like so byzantine and like cloaked in like official language but like you know you could t- if you read between the lines you could tell skinner knows yeah i would love to see her report from alpha right <laughs> what yeah was, what was that one all about and then he put his hand on hers on her the computer dainty mouse, lady hand which i thought was unprofessional that's the only reason i'm reporting it <laughs> yeah and she wasn't she, she wasn't even as hot as me no come on no that seems like something Scully in that episode would say. Not normal Scully. Not real Scully. Not real Scully. But fake Scully. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like fake Scully. No. I like normal Scully. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, in in jail, where Paget is for writing a book about having the word beating heart in it. It is suspicious. It's suspicious. Got, it is suspicious. <laughs> it's suspicious. But can you arrest someone for that? I guess if you found a novel that had all of the details of the real murders. That's true. It feels like he started arresting him before he <laughs> No, he did. he did. Okay, just to be clear. <laughs> no, he did. I mean, yes, it is. He was relieved but... after the fact. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, thank God. Um, so apparently, you know, all of the victims took out personal ads, which is how the, um, how the killer chose them. And Paget is claiming he didn't do anything to these victims. He just wrote about them. And then Scully comes in and suddenly she has grown for the first time in her life a conscious about, uh, you know, prisoners' rights and Mm -hmm. things. Well, she's in love with this guy. This guy, she says, Mulder, not without his lawyer. Earlier, did she not look significantly at Mulder and imply he should do mail fraud? That's true. I'm just saying. She She doesn't care. Whatever. This is very fake. I do not believe that the Boo Crew care about people's constitutional rights. Whatever. I guess once you're in a weird psychosexual relationship with a guy, though. Then it's important. Then it's important. Paget claims he doesn't need a lawyer because he's telling the truth. And Mulder's like, is your manuscript your confession? It's all in there. All the details about every murder. Mm-hmm. And Paget keeps expressing that he's only writing about this stuff. He only knows what's in his mind, etc., etc. But Mulder believes that Paget did the murders and then wrote about them. And he asks if the stranger character is Paget and who Ken Nascimento yes, is. Yes, yes, Ken, yes, Ken, yes. Ken. He's Knuff to me. Uh, we <laughs> he's learn- more than Knuff. He is more than Knuff. I love this guy. He's my favorite character, not to, <laughs> yeah. not to be too obvious. Um, we learned that Ken Nassiami... No. <laughs> You're too excited, you can't even get his Nassimento. name out. Nassimento. 
Nascimento? Nas- Ken Nascimento. Ken Nascimento is a Brazilian self-proclaimed <laughs> psychic surgeon. Hell yeah. This is amazing. Why is the whole episode not about this, this guy? This is pretty I want to read this guy's book because I want to hear more about Ken. Yes. I love Ken. Everything about Ken. So anyway, whatever. They're having like two conversations at once. Mulder is like trying to investigate the crime and ask questions about the crime. And Paget's just talking about like the process of writing and <laughs> theories about how writing works. And, you know, he's like, well, if you talk to Jungians, they'll say, you know, that the the characters control the narrative and they tell the author what to do or whatever. Mulder does not have time for this. He is not into this at all. Uh, You know, and then Paget's like talking about the slipperiness of language and how words are signs of things, not the things themselves. Sissi ne pa un peep or whatever, you know, et cetera. This is not a pipe. Um, Mulder is like, very close to punching Paget in response to this because his bully nature is coming out and he's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. this guy's talking about English lit. I gotta punch him <laughs> fast. <laughs> I'm a jock. That's true. It just comes you can't out. blame him for his jock yeah. nature. It's, it's in his DNA. Or it's like that uh, the dog seeing itself in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> the comic. And he just gets mad. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, that's yeah. even better. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. He just gets mad sometimes when he looks in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we hate the most that in other people that we hate in ourselves. Exactly. And especially when our, our when our girlfriend likes it and someone else, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah. Um, Scully like has to literally put a hand on Mulder's elbow to stop mm-hmm. him from just punching a guy. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Um, when he's when he's messing with your gal, you can. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess. But. I'm sorry. She doesn't put her, her hand on his arm. Oh. She puts her hand on oh, his arm. Oh. Seductively. Does she rub it a little bit? A little bit. Ooh, yeah. Skelly. Skelly's, you know, it's horny Skelly season, yeah. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Yeah, we love it. I love horny Skelly. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> Mulder changes tack, and he's like, okay, why did you do it? And Paget says... And, like, with a faraway look in his eye, he's like, that's the one question I can't answer. <laughs> he's really struggling with the motive of his characters here. Yes. Theme alert. And he asks Mulder if he liked the book, and Mulder is like, maybe if it were fiction. <laughs> and then he storms out. Yes. He's so mad. Yes. You know, I would really appreciate it if Mulder talked like that. Talked like your impression of Mulder. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I think that would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. Are you saying he doesn't? I mean, not, I mean, emotionally, yes, yeah. not literally. It's true. But I would like it if he literally talked <laughs> like that. I think David Duchovny could do it. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know. You can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so Mulder storms out. Scully follows. He's real fired up. He says that he is going to locate the uh, Brazilian psychic surgeon right away because he sounds really cool that's <laughs> well, he's like, this guy. He, he does sound really cool and that's why i already figured out who he is <laughs> so we're covered we're good you don't think i immediately cyber this guy he mm. sounds badass mm-hmm. as hell he is yeah so we learn all about him so ken nascimento is from sao paulo brazil he immigrated here in 1996 but he has been dead for two whole years so he couldn't have killed these people um but Mulder's like I don't know. I still don't think that Padgett could have done all of these murders alone. So he had to have had an accomplice. And Scully posits that maybe Padgett didn't do it at all. Maybe he just imagined the whole thing like he said. Uh, Maybe he just has a wonderful gift to predict human behavior. And Mulder says, 
Nobody can predict human behavior. <laughs> I know I'm a psychologist, but... I'm not a psychologist and no one can do that. Mm-hmm. And then... Scully gently reminds him that he is a criminal po- profiler, and that's exactly what he does. Yep. <laughs> and Mulder is very put out about this. And he, I don't know, he, he's just not buying it. He's um, unhappy. Uh, my notes don't make any sense. <laughs> he's like uh, saying that if this guy is imagining yes. it, he's imagining it before it happens. A priori. Thank you. Yeah. That's better than what I, whatever mm-hmm. the hell I wrote down. So um, Mulder does say that he thinks that the way this is all going to end is with Scully doing the naked pretzel with a stranger, which is... an in- I've never heard uh, it described quite that way before. No, no. Oh, Mulder. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I assume that this has to be him imagining stuff before it really happens because I assume... That you didn't sleep with him, naked mm-hmm. pretzel style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very like a five-year-old. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, so he kind of asks whether that really happened, and Scully's like, no, I think you know me better than that. Do I uh, look like I'm getting laid, Mulder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he realizes this must be true, and he's still mad, though, so he storms off, leaving Scully with the novel to read and realize her boo is a freak (laughs) you need to read this fan fiction about yourself Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. uh so we cut to scully in the interrogation room reading the fan fiction about herself when a guard comes in and hands her an updated chapter it's so exciting she's like finally my favorite author updated i love this um but unfortunately it's kind of bad because the new pages are something about grief squeezing her question mark who is her heart and how love is a resource and blah blah blah. I don't know. It doesn't sound like this is going to go well for whoever her is, though. As Skelly's voiceover continues, we cut to a graveyard after dark, slowly zooming in on one lone mourner. It is the girl from Car Door Man Hook Hand fame, <laughs> whose boyfriend was killed uh, by whoever the mysterious man in the hood was. I just put that together and thought it was the same woman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, um, so she looks up from Kevin's grave and sees a... His name was Kevin. I don't think I ever said that. His name is Kevin. Her name is Maggie. Maggie, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Maggie looks up from Kevin's grave and sees the shadowy figure with the hoodie approaching her again. And she's like, this isn't scary. You're wearing a hoodie. It's fine. (laughs) You look like a 15-year-old. I'm not Mm -hmm. intimidated. But, um, you know, the voiceover continues. It is very overwrought writing about how love isn't immutable and that it can become hate and all of this good stuff. She starts to look a little, Maggie, starts to look a little freaked out. And then she does get chased down by this man again, who also tackles her to the ground and rips out her still beating heart right out of her chest. We cut to Scully, who looks pretty freaked out and springs into action. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think I just figured it out. Okay. Uh, The hoodie thing. I think it's because of hot fuzz. Oh. I don't find it scary. Okay. That movie has a bunch of people just running around wearing they hoods. They are. And that's true. They're all terrified of the, the kids in the hoodies. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. I think that's where this comes from. That's fair. Yep. Fair yep. enough. Yep. Well, we have an investigation station at the graveyard. The woman they are looking for is missing. There are no signs of struggle at the scene. There's no evidence again. Um, Mulder just thinks this whole thing is a big jerk-off assignment. 
He loves jerk off assignments, yeah. as we know. That's what he called it when he read the manuscript about Skelly fucking someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is canon. Mm-hmm. So uh, Scully defends Paget again, and she thinks that maybe this whole scene is all just to prove that it is indeed um, just imagining things, or he's just imagined things. There is no body. There has been no crime. Um, this proves that he's innocent. But Mulder does notice a gardener with an evil hoodie, uh, and he he goes like, <laughs> just goes scary. after him. It's scary. It's like a dog called into action. He really is. He's running so fast. What if this man came running at you that fast in a graveyard? Dude, well, you're just like at work. Yeah, I would just like show up at eight a.m. and then some tall man just like sprints at you and like knocks you to the ground with a gun <laughs> what the fuck Mulder stress this stress. is a scary man to be around <laughs> I, I love so. him but my god yeah um but then uh he tackles the guy to the ground and he turns him over and then we realize it is not Paget. it is not Nascimento. it's just some guy and Scully's like Mulder calm down heal heal exactly and then Mulder, Mulder is still foaming at the mouth, and so he's like, Arr! so he, he jumps into the truck, and he just like I don't know, rips things up and rolls around, and, uh, yeah, barks at people, yeah. Um, and then inside of the truck, it is full of rotting flowers and long clippings and everything. So he goes digging through it, and then eventually he does uncover the dead woman buried under the flowers. Mm. Has been a murder after all. Yes, indeed. Mm. Why is the groundskeeper who was driving this truck immediately r- removed of all suspicion? I feel like Mulder like tackles him, and then it's like nothing. But he does have a dead body in his truck. He does. He does. Isn't that quite suspicious? That is very suspicious. Shouldn't he be the primary suspect at this point? They don't mention him again, do they? Yeah, they're just like, why did you tackle an innocent man? <laughs> what if? This is unrelated. This guy really did kill her. And they're just, like, so wrapped up in the pageant thing that they, like, assume it's him. But this guy just gets away with murder. (laughs) Yeah, we're done here. Yeah. I mean, it kind of feels like it, right? A little bit. It's weird that they don't mention him again, right? No, it is. He he should be suspect number one. I don't know. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, I guess he's, like, innocent because he doesn't look like he's from Brazil. mm -hmm. Because he doesn't look like a dead man from Brazil. I I don't know. Very strange. Yeah. To me, but that's fine. Back at the jail, Scully asks Mulder how he knew the body was in the trunk and, or sorry, the truck. It's not a trunk. It's a truck. And Mulder's like, I imagined it, just like your boyfriend. (laughs) And then he like storms over to the corner and puts puts his little hands and yeah, uh, crosses his little hands. Uh, He believes that Paget directed the killer and Scully thinks Mulder is just making assumptions without facts. So Mulder puts his little hands right on Skelly's shoulder and twirls them around to switch positions because he's like, well, if you're going to argue my side, <laughs> which is pretty cute. I do like this very much. Yeah. Uh, it's quite adorable. Uh, Skelly is like, why couldn't Padgett have just imagined it? And Mulder says, you know, you've read his book. Are you saying what he wrote about you is true? And Skelly's like, no, of course not. I would never admit to that. No. But, you know, it's... Uh, and Mulder's like, listen, I don't know how they communicate, but clearly this is the only um, way we can catch him. And so they go into Paget's cell. Mulder tells Paget he's free to go and finish his book. And Paget says, thanks, takes the manuscript. And then 
he stops mm. and he's like, I have to mess with people first <laughs> before I leave. Yes. I have to cause trouble. Yes. It is in my nature. And so he's like, I, uh, I made a mistake myself that I also need to apologize for. In my book, I'd written that Agent Skelly falls in love, but that's obviously impossible. Agent Skelly is already in love. Alarm goes off. There is a dramatic zoom in on Scully's face. It's true. Both she and Mulder look unnerved. Um, I don't. Does Mulder look unnerved? Mulder just kind of looked confused to me. Well, okay, no, you're right. He looked confused. Scully looked unnerved. I feel like Scully knew exactly what he was talking about. Mulder's just like, what? Huh? Oh no. Scully's in love with someone. Who is? Who is it? Who is he? Who is he? Oh, and then he's really mad. Yeah, it's you, Mulder. Oh no. Oh, Mulder. Well, he can't imagine himself as lovable. Oh. Well, now I'm sad. Man, he doesn't deserve Skelly. Also, he's like made a move on her a lot, and she hasn't really reciprocated. So true. It's her turn. It's her turn. Just saying. Um, so that's awkward. Skelly does not like being seen. No, she does not. No, 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 no. That's her personal situation. It is her personal situation. Mm-hmm. And then Paget leaves. Paget gets home later. He kicks his shoes off. He opens up his novel. He goes to uh, read the last few pages. And then he looks up to see Nasiamento standing in his apartment. He looks a little unnerved, but not like totally shocked. And he says, what are you doing here? Like he knows. <gasps> so I guess they're working together after all. I, I guess he knows what his own character looks like. Yes. Yeah. I, I just mean oh. in the, in like, oh, in the, I'm sorry. In the, in the like yes. real world, in like Mulder's idea of what's going on. They do know each other. In You're the right. World. I'm sorry. But in the, in what is, yes. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. S- no, I see what <laughs> we're, you're doing. cross wires. I see what you're doing. Yeah. I guess they know okay. each other and they're working together. Oh my God. Wait, do you mean like he recognizes his character? <laughs> No, because like in the real world, like Mulder's impression of what's going on. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, great. Anyone who can't tell our voices apart is so confused. Uh, Well, it's it's what you deserve. We're we're come on, whatever. Come on. Um. Anyway, so Nascimento and Paget they're having a little moment together. Paget is surprised to see him, and uh, Nascimento is like, I don't know why you would be surprised to see me. I'm your character. I'm here to help you finish. And Paget is like, okay, but I just, I cannot figure out your motive. No matter how hard I try, I just, I don't, it's not clicking together for me. I don't know what it is. And Nascimento, he's he's very intense. This guy mm-hmm. is very, wow. I love I don't this know. guy. He just has a brow to he him. Does. <laughs> I yes. don't know. I don't know how quite how to describe it. I don't know. He's very good, though. Yeah, I do like him. Yeah. He kind of takes Paget to task. He's like, you have imagined me so perfectly that you brought me to life, but why did you choose me? And Paget kind of weakly is like, I-, I don't know, I needed a perfect crime, and since Scully is a doctor, she would be horrified by what you did. And then Nascimento says, I'm horrified. I want to know why I did it. Mm-hmm. And Paget is like, I, I don't know, so I could meet Scully. And Nascimento like leans into him and he's like, that's not a reason. It's an excuse. He's so cool. <laughs> he's pretty radical. Oh, this guy. Do you love him? And Paget's just looking up at him with his big old wet eyes. He has big old wet eyes. He has big, big, big wet mm-hmm. blue eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, Mulder and Scully are in Mulder's apartment reversing the normal tide of things mm-hmm. because they have the surveillance equipment now snaked through the vent so it's they can watch Pat. what he deserves. It's true. Do it's you think true. they just like turned the cameras that were already there just around? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Like, perfect. It works now. Yeah. Uh, and from what the Boo crew can see, Paget's just sitting alone at his table, staring. Hmm. No Ken in sight. Hmm. Hmm. Back in Paget's apartment, Paget is telling uh, Nascimento that he misjudged Scully's interest in Paget, and that she was clearly only trying to get his, Mulder's, attention. Hmm. But she doesn't know it. You know, the old unconscious. Con- con- unconscious. <laughs> what now? The unconscious at work. Yes. Oof. Paget's like, I just wanted to love her. And Ken is like, you are a loser. (laughs) (laughs) But why do I take victim's hearts? You are an incel. (laughs) And Paget's like, I don't know why you take hearts. Sorry, this is a very serious scene. Yes, okay. Um, (laughs) Paget's like, I don't know. You have to tell me your motive. I'm a union. But Ken's just like, listen, I'm your character, dude. You have to tell me. My reason is your reason. This man would never say dude. That's true. I'm sorry. You're right. He just wouldn't. You have to tell me. Compadre. Compadre. (laughs) Comrade. There you go. Uh, Padgett's like, I just want to feel love. And Ken is like, no, no, no. You had it right up to there. You were a tool of truth. And when it finally arrives, when I arrive, you don't want to see it. And then he um, is like, you know, you, uh, something about the hearts. I don't know. What's he talking about? He's like the flaming hearts. My Um, notes are very helpful. I don't know. He's like, man imagines that he too can open up his heart and expose his burning passion like the creator himself, but this is not in his power. And yeah, there you go. That makes sense. I wrote man imagines, but I thought it was like, man, (laughs) imagine, imagine you can open your heart. But now it makes more sense. Anyway, go on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then Paget kind of protests. He's like, but I do have love in my heart. And Nascimento is like, sure, like a thief has riches. Um, you have I like love. That line. What? I like that line. Oh, yes. There's a lot of good lines in this one. You know, gotta like it, I guess. You don't have to, but oh. I do. Oh. You don't have to. Why are you telling me what I have to do? You have to do this. You must. <laughs> Man, imagine if you liked this episode. <laughs> Listen, if Ken Nascimento yeah. came to me yeah. and loomed over my chair and told yeah. me to do something, I would do it. I would also do it. No question. Very true. Yeah. Um. So, yes. So, Nascimento is like, you don't have real love in your heart. Uh, you know, your only real power is to destroy love. And then Paget is like, okay, but I still need an ending. And Nascimento is like... There's only one true ending, and it's going to be a perfect ending. And Paget, totally unprompted, yeah. I will say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is like, oh, she dies. <laughs> Nasiamento is like, perfect. <laughs> Love yeah. it. He didn't have to say that. Nasiamento, although, you know, Nasiamento is Paget. But anyway. It's some intel shit. Anyway. I don't like it. Uh, but he does look troubled by this. He's like, oh, I'm so sad I have to kill Skelly. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Back in Mulder's apartment, Skelly's like nodding off on the couch because from her perspective, Paget's just like sitting there staring into space. Mm-hmm. She awakens to the sound of the typewriter next door. Um, importantly, she has her shoes off. 
That is a key plot point. Yes, yes. Uh, Mulder comes and sits down next to her. They watch uh, Paget typing for a little bit, and then they watch Paget get up and leave his apartment. Um, Mulder, you know, like is moving the surveillance video in the vent so they can see where he's going. And when it's clear that he's getting out of the apartment and taking the elevator downstairs, Mulder rushes to follow him to the incinerator room. <laughs> must attack. He does not wait for Skelly, who's like uh, messing with her shoes, trying to get them on. Mm-hmm. In the furnace room, Paget is about to burn his manuscript, but Mulder has a gun on him and he's like, step away from the incinerator I, or I'll shoot. <laughs> yes. He didn't fill out the uh, special form. Nope. To use the incinerator. I assume there's like a, yeah, like a sign-up sheet. For like a schedule for evidence disposing burning. of evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. This is my half hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then this is kind of like cross-cut. So there's like the rest of the episode is sort of cross-cut between Skelly's nonsense and the incinerator room. Skelly's nonsense? I'm sorry. You mean Skelly's when trauma. she's fighting for her life? <laughs> it really How is not nonsense. dare you? It's really not. I don't wow. know why I called it nonsense. I'm sorry. Canceled. I, do I not even believe women? I, I guess not. What's wrong Even with when me? you see it happening in front of your what eyes. What is wrong with me? Fuck? I'm back to my old misogynist ways <laughs> from a couple episodes ago. You know, we we were doing, we had a good, good run. Alas. And now it's over. Alas. Yeah. Well, upstairs, Scully is being attacked. Sorry. You're right. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're like going back and forth. So Scully is being attacked and Paget is telling Mulder that Scully is about to be attacked. Ooh, sorry. Um, Scully's getting her heart dug out. Whatever. I don't know. We're, <laughs> how do you just... There's just so much going on here. Like, so Ken, like, he, like, opens... She opens the door, mm-hmm. and he's there, and he, like, grabs her by the throat and, like, shoves her to the ground mm-hmm. and then starts, like, reaching into her shirt, into her chest cavity, mm-hmm. and there's, like, blood spurting out, and she's screaming, and it's all bad. Yes. It's quite tense. It is. Um, and so Scully... She's freaking out. She shoots at Nasio Mento, but the uh, bullets just go right through him. Um, and then Mulder downstairs hears the gunshots go off. He drops the pages on the ga- ground. He runs to help Scully. And then Paget stays downstairs and he throws his novel into the furnace. Mm. Hmm. Mulder uh, bursts into the apartment. He finds Scully unconscious, bloody on the ground. He gets over her very worried, and then she does wake up, freak out. She starts crying, and Mulder hugs her. They all look very relieved. She's not dead. Hallelujah. So now they can uh, go arrest uh, Paget. Amazing. Yeah. It's perfect. It's all going to be good. Yeah. It's a very devastating hug. She's, like, <laughs> yeah. sobbing quite quite badly, like, hyperventilating, because yeah. she just was almost had her heart dug out of mm-hmm. her chest physically. It's not what you want to happen to you. Sounds like a metaphor. Oh, you know what I mean. Oh, interesting. Theme alert. She's not had a good day though, no. and she is clawing at Mulder's back as she hugs she him. She hates themes. She hates themes. Mulder, they're making me do themes. <laughs> Mulder, I hate it when it's a me-centric episode. Can we focus mm-hmm. on you again? I guess Scully, the character, probably hates it when it's a Scully-centric episode. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we then get some final Paget VO as we watch the manuscript burning in the incinerator. He talks about how a story can only have one true ending, and even as the stranger was compelled to commit his final words to paper, he did it knowing that they must never be read. To see the sum of his work was to see inside his own emptiness. Ooh. To see the heart of a destroyer, not a creator. But in this final act of destruction was a chance to give what he could not receive. Fiend. 
Damn. Did you mention his bloody heart in his hand? Oh, yeah. Sorry. He's got his bloody heart in his hand. That's, <laughs> That's, kind, of That's kind of important. <laughs> he's got his bloody heart in his hand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that he's dead. Pretty important. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just wanted to read the dramatic voiceover. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I got so excited. You're a regular Chris Carter. You're more excited about the uh, dramatic voiceover. What can I say? Yeah. Hi. My name's Chris Carter. <laughs> what? Why? What is that? Hi. <laughs> That's a Vince Gilligan. That's a Vince Gilligan, if anything. Yeah, I apologize. Hi, I'm Chris Carter. That's closer. Yeah, we have a perfect little episode here to there we go. Uh, talk about. Uh, he didn't call anything a perfect little episode. I was episode. waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> the con. He did not say anything about perfect Oh my god, little. I totally forgot about that until that was, this moment. That was part of the SAG after the strike. <laughs> he wasn't allowed. Or what would he be in? The the writer's guild, the I guess. The other one, yeah. Um... He's not allowed to talk about individual perfect little episodes. He can't even mention that it's a perfect little episode. That's what the producers are doing to this country right now. That's horrible. Because they don't want to pay writers. We got we got to get this strike mm-hmm. uh, resolved mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. we can hear Chris Carter talk about perfect little episodes again. I didn't even get to have a what, private conversation with him. <laughs> this is fine. This is for later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. End of episode. That was a reference to the DVD extras, not me actually wanting a private conversation. I realize in, that sounds very strange. The DVD extras where it was like a, a private conversation with Chris Carter or mm-hmm. whatever. I was joking about that. Yes. Anyway. I know. Fiend. I just, don't know why you're explaining that to me. Just I, for our I audience. We have an audience. I love our audience. I thought we were just hanging out and chatting. Oh, do you see the thing in front of you? Yeah. Do you know what that I is? Was, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a growth on this table. I don't know. I thought we were just hanging out. It is. We are. Okay. For some voyeurs. Oh. Who want to know our every thought. And understand us better than... I have more thoughts. Name one thought you've had that you haven't put on the podcast. Um... I got nothing. Gotcha. <laughs> I got nothing. Gotcha. I'm panicking. I that was know. a catch-22, because <sighs> even if you had said it, then you would have put it on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. I was trying to mess with you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to Havakra? Oh, I suppose it's that time. All right. Do we want to talk about the Kim Manners commentary? Uh, sure. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're all so goddamn boring. Yeah. Well, he did. He did call it uh, Malagra. Yeah, that was very which funny. was uh, enjoyable. That was quite mm-hmm. good. Now, yeah, we did watch the Kim Manners. Well, we skipped around mm-hmm. the Kim Manners commentary. He also skipped around it, too. Yes. He was not there the whole time. No, it's because we thought we've listened to Chris Com- Chris Carter commentaries before, and he's always just fallen asleep and disappearing halfway through and <laughs> just not talking for minutes at a time. Yeah. And we thought this was a Chris Carter problem, but Kim Manners was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I think the problem is having one person on a commentary track to talk about an episode they wrote 15 years ago yeah it's yeah. tough they don't have anything to say <laughs> like a lot of it was just kind of explaining the plot yeah. of, the, of what we were watching in front of us yes when he would like occasionally break through with some interesting tidbit about a choice in cinematography it was like a breath of fresh air where i was like kim just talk about this the whole time yeah but no he would just be like yeah uh, Mulder's looking through the vent <laughs> Yeah, we can see that. He explained Kim. what a what like a time lapse was <laughs> yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, that was kind of. He was like, "This is a uh, we changed the quality of the light to show time passing," <laughs> which at least that's like I guess if you were five, that would be interesting to hear. I guess if you were if five, you were five. Anyway, 
Love you, Kim. We do love Kim. I, I do. Now yeah. we're complaining about Kim. I know. It's so, just the commentary track. It's not fair to them. I mean, what are no. they going to do? They can't be charismatic on their own. That is very true. Come on. That's why you need at least two or three people. You yeah. got to have some energy in that room. Exactly. Yeah. Ideally, if you can get an actor in there because they're like, you know, more into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But it's fine. Anyway, we love you, Kim. We love Kim. We do. R.I.P. All right. So the uh, idea behind this episode uh, occurred when uh, John Scheiben and Frank Spotnitz were talking about how stressful being an X-Files writer could be. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to write about an, a writer having an even worse day than they were. Mm-hmm. And they did. Um, I hope. I, I mean, I hope. God. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Mm. Hearing about some of the things that happened Ooh, on set. You, boy. Never, you never know. Probably not for the writers. No. It's mostly just like the on-camera people. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the talent. Exactly. Um, so uh, Scheiben and Spotnitz created a rough draft for the episode, and then they sent it on to Chris Carter, um, who rewrote portions of the script, although he was busy shooting the pilot for his show Harsh Realm, mm. which I've never heard of. No. Um, but this was a, I looked it up, it's a, it was a very short-lived show that uh, Chris Carter created um, about people stuck inside a virtual reality simulation. Um, it started airing in October 1999, and only three episodes aired. Mm. So I feel like he did mention it at the con. At he did. Point. Well, I haven't heard yeah. about it until then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not keyed in, No, I me guess. neither. Um, so there were nine episodes made and only three aired. So I hate when they do that. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Oh, oh well. Oh, well. Um, so uh, Spotnitz said that uh, writing the episode was very personal and he really liked... They put a lot of effort into in the uh, cold open when he's sitting there staring at the note cards, what was written on all of the note cards because that uh, mimics the way that they write the X-Files episodes. Nice. So... Who doesn't love a little note card? That's cute. I love a little note card. Do you have note cards? Um, I guess. I don't actually use them. Oh. I'm just... Not for me. You like just, the idea. Just in general. Okay. I like the idea of yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. It's quite nice. <clears throat> um, so, uh, John Hawks, who played uh, our main man... Paget. Paget. <laughs> Philip Paget. Philip Paget. I was stuck on his first okay. name and... Philip Paget, thank you. He did actually audition for the part of Pinker Rawls oh, in Trevor. Um, yeah. Uh, which he actually would have been pretty good at. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't get it, though, because yeah. that episode was not very good. Yes. Um, so I'm glad he got a, a, a meteor yes. part. Um, so Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz, they both liked John Hawks, but they didn't think he was like totally right for the Pinker Rawls part. Um, but they wrote the part of Paget specifically for him. Oh, so that's go. exciting. Um, and they were right to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They loved him on Deadwood in the future. They looked at his big old wet eyes and they're like, "We got to show the world. We got to show the world." <laughs> they must see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the episode was uh, had a very low budget because mm-hmm. there was is very character driven. There were almost no stunts. Mm-hmm. I guess there was, like, hearts being pulled out of bodies, but... I guess Mulder tackling people is probably stunts. That's true. That just happened for He real. tackled so many people in this episode. Well, he didn't. He tackled people were tackled. Person. People were tackled a lot uh, in this People episode. were tackled, yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> people were tackled. It wasn't all Mulder's fault. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> so the uh, scene where Mulder did run after that, speaking of people being mm-hmm, tackled, mm-hmm. the scene where Mulder tackles that guy um, was shot on a motorcycle. This is the one? Okay. Yes, because David Duchovny had outrun two horses previously. <laughs> That's crazy. This guy. What's up with that? Why can't they just tell him to run slower? <laughs> Does he ha- is he like really so insistent that he will not slow down? I don't know. Even for production? Maybe he can't. <laughs> He's the best. Wow. He just like starts running and he just gets lost in the in the excitement and he <sighs> just Runners you can't high. get through to him. He, you can't stop him either. He just keeps going. Mm-hmm. They have to like splice in the stunt guy <laughs> tackling someone else because David Duchovny is already across the country. <laughs> He's still running. I'm imagining they just, like, get a truck and they just, I don't know, have, like, a big curved piece of metal that they put in front of him to kind of, like, (laughs) urge him into, like, a curve and just, like, keep going until he slows down. (laughs) Do you think it worked? Like, eventually the... Eventually he'll slow down. Okay. That's nice. That's good. I don't know. Oh, boy. I mean... Sonic the Hedgehog. Otherwise, he's just, he's out of there. He's out. Yeah. Is he, like, an... Whatever, I don't even care. Never mind. I was gonna ask, is he like an athlete? Does he do like sprints? He's very fast. He is quite fast. Anyway, I don't know. That's very funny though. Anyway, they, were they like going to film it on a horse and then they realized they needed a, a motorcycle? <laughs> Maybe yeah. I don't know. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, they had a lot of trouble finding the church in this episode. They located two separate churches that both rescinded uh, filming permission mm. before production started. This is a this is too horny of an episode. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's fine if a bunch of people got murdered in yeah. here, but uh, sex? Gross. I don't think so. Get out of here. Um, <clears throat> they had to drop a bunch of foliage into the park because mm-hmm. there was no foliage in Los Angeles, I guess. <sighs> what a grim place. They also had a lot of trouble hiding the uh, sky... the skylights that's not skyline skyline thank Mm -hmm. you the lights from the skyline of los angeles over the hills Mm, that's fair i feel like i could i could still still tell whoa but okay it's not a brag just just a statement (laughs) i thought the foliage was effective foliage was i just like in the scene where like whoever was it kevin one of the kids was like standing and you could see the lights i was like Mm. that's los angeles that's fair i don't know let's make out point I also feel like it was maybe. You have you seen Mul- Mulholland Drive? I have not yet. Okay, I think it was also a location they used in Mulholland Drive. That feels right. familiar. That feels right. I don't know. Is it the place they used in La La Land? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Potentially. <laughs> I don't know. It looks similar. I don't know. There's probably a lot of overlooks. It's them hills. It's an overlook. They all look the same. Um. The previous. The. Uh, set of the furnace room was previously used in the beginning. I think uh, it was like the, the creepy pipe forest in the nuclear power plant. I loved the creepy pipe forest. It was like the same set. Um, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. They should have brought that back just for fun. I like when Mulder was squeezing in there and touching goo. Pipe monster. Yeah. I don't know. Nice. Make it work. Make it happen, people. <laughs> um, they used a bunch of rubber hearts. Um, not real hearts. Oh. Yeah, they well, were fake rubber disappointing hearts. Disappointing to learn, actually. Um, but they did have, like, a crew member off screen with, like, a pump to make it uh, beat. Nice. So that's fun. Nice. Appreciated that. Um, and they had to create the pendant prop multiple times until they got it right. I think they went through three or four different, uh, what's the word? 
versions. That works, but that's not the word I was thinking. Iterations. Iterations. (laughs) Yes, iterations of this prop. Um, Mark Snow incorporated human heartbeats into the score. I noticed and I appreciated. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. And this is one of Kim Manor's favorite episodes. Thank you, Kim. He did not, that did not come through in (laughs) his commentary track. No, it did not. Strange. um, I guess at a different point in time, he talked about how he liked it. Timothy. So, go on. I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on to Blazer Watch, the segment where we talk about the fashion in the episode. Um, I don't have like a ton. The writer, Paget, he's got double denim at one point, and he just has tall hair. I wrote down he has rockabilly hair. He does have... Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> he has rockabilly hair and a goatee. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it works for him. It kind of does. A goatee does not work for many people. No. But it works for him. For Mr. John guy Hux. from Deadwood. <laughs> John Hawks. Yeah. Um, yes, he is... I don't I don't know that it was dem- a denim. I think it was a blue chambray work shirt. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. He was wearing a blue chambray work shirt Please and jeans. Get it in the same right. color. I apologize. Yeah, fashionista. Um, oh, I guess I already talked about the hoodie. We don't need to litigate the. Hoodie hey, Ken, again. he's got a little hoodie with his. He's wearing it up. He's trying to be spooky and mysterious. He's not succeeding. But I do love Ken, the man himself, yeah. of course. But the hoodie was not doing him any favors. That's what happens when a loser writes a cool character. It's true. They get some of the stuff wrong. He also had a very triangular nose. Yeah, I don't know. It was working for him. Good nose. Yeah. To be fair, I also like um, Patchett's nose. He's got a very good nose too. Mm, I didn't notice his nose. I like his nose. Okay, I just like noses. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and check on. I mean, most of the time, I don't notice. Nose tis. I don't nose tis. <laughs> you That's got you gotta dumb. check out. What was it John Hawks? What's his name? John Hawks. Is that his name? I'll look at you know what? I'll no, look I mean you no- don't. No, now I'm insecure. What if he doesn't even right have now. what if he doesn't even have that good of a nose? I'm Images of John Hawks. <laughs> um okay, no no no. He does have a distinctive nose. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah. It's a good nose. Um it is a good nose. I just love noses. He looks know. so different in different pictures of him. Hmm. Hmm. No, yeah, you're right. It is a good nose. Okay. I like an interesting nose. Peer reviewed. (laughs) Um, Another thing I love is to see Scully covered in autopsy blood. Yes. Fantastic. Do you love to see Scully covered in her own blood? Sure. Okay. Um, I think I prefer when it's somebody else's blood. Yeah. But, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, if you have to. If I have to. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Mulder's got his dork sunglasses again. <laughs> love that. I love that. They're just so unflattering. Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd think that now that they're in LA, mm-hmm. they would have cool sunglasses, but no. Yeah. No? Maybe they're like prescription really important, good for his eyes in the sun. So even though they're dorky, mm-hmm. he wears them. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know? Probably not. No. But maybe. That's all I've got, honestly, of Blazer Watch. Um, I just have um, Vision Scully um, in her makeout scene. She's got, like, a black lingerie and a silk top on. It's classy. Nice. She would, too. She would. feels right. Mm-hmm. Love that for her. That's all I got. All right. Well, let's move on to a juicy section in this, mm. uh, this episode. It's time for FBI Do, the segment where we analyze the development of the romantic relationship between the Boo crew. We do it on a doomsday clock scale where 10 minutes to midnight is far from love and zero minutes to midnight is right in that atomic blast zone of love. We like to give examples from the episode at hand. So who would we say is 10 minutes to midnight in this episode? 
I have Mulder and Paget. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fight between lonely, psychologically insightful men. Yeah. Yeah. What if they just smooched? I would fix some things, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scully might enjoy it. She would definitely enjoy it, I feel like. <laughs> she might be even more into both of them. I'm just saying. It would help. It would help everyone. They could be a really weird throuple. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different energy from, like, whatever they've got going on with Skinner. It's it's quite different, yeah. yes. Yeah. But it would... I just think it would help everyone with their issues. Yes. Mulder and Paget would get along better. Mm-hmm. Scully would be into both Mulder and Paget more than she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Mulder would like it. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Anyway, they're repressed, so they'll never admit it. Very true. But, um, I said like Ken and Paget because they're kind of on tricky terms. Ken, Ken's really mad that he doesn't have a motive. You know how it is. It's true. I don't know. It's, it's tough out there. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I get confused every time you call him Ken. I'm sorry. He doesn't feel like a Ken to me. He doesn't really feel like a Ken. He's a Nasiamento. Nasiamento. Yes. Ken Nasiamento. Thank you. I said Paget and Ken Nasiamento. All right. And who would we say is zero minutes to midnight in this episode? Scully and Paget, I guess. I guess. Kevin yeah. and Maggie. I guess. Uh, Ken and Maggie? Kevin. Oh, Kevin. 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 He's, he's different from Ken. <laughs> I was like, Ken and Maggie? Nasimento and Maggie did not get along. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Kevin and Maggie. Yeah. Okay. The boy. I mean, sure, I guess. I guess they're there. Yeah. They're the they canonical exist. couple. Yeah. I don't know. Well, who would we, where would we put the Boo Crew on the scale in this episode? Uh, hmm. hmm. This is a tricky one. It is a tricky one. So was, we, yeah. There's struggling. A, f- a forced uh, and perhaps unreceived love declaration sort of implication um but well Mulder's already done his Mulder's so. already done his so it's sort of confirmation mm-hmm. that they both love each other mm-hmm. but they're in a tricky spot this one but there's also that hug at the end there's that hug in the end um we do get a love I guess you can't call it a love confession. Yeah. Because it wasn't Scully doing the confessing. Yeah. A third party love confession. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. Um, but I mean, Scully is showing more interest in Paget in this episode than she is in Mulder. True. So, I don't know. I have like a five. Although that doesn't feel quite right for this episode, does it? Yeah. I said four. Okay. Four? Maybe. I mean, it is all about... Love. Love. Oh yeah. Oh baby. Yeah. I don't like that. No. All right. Um we'll talk about it more when we rate the episode, I assume. All right. Uh who is what's happening next? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay, that's the monster of the truck. Okay, it's the monster shark, it's monster of the week, and special little guy of the week. Cool. Who is this week's monster of the week? Um Furnaces, mm. because I wanted to read that novel. But it killed Skelly. What killed I know, but I want to check it out. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, you want... I can throw away the last two pages. I just won't read the last two pages. Okay. I don't know. I assume someone somewhere has written out Paget's novel online. You know what I mean? The whole thing? Maybe. I doubt the whole thing. I don't Maybe. know. There's been 30 years for someone to do this. It's true. Nah, I don't know. 
Oh, well. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, that's my next project. Okay. Um, yeah, mine was Mulder for driving his neighbors so insane that they do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's his fault somehow. Like, anytime someone ends up dead in the furnace room, it's got to be Mulder's fault, right? I mean, this guy did move into... He initiated I this know. X-File. I know. It's true. It's probably not really Mulder. I understand the urge to blame Mulder, though. <laughs> I just... If I live next to him... There's no accounting for what I would be doing. Oh. (laughs) There's no accounting. Wow. Sounds serious. I mean, the water supply is always getting drugged. There's always, like, CDC lockdowns. There's Mm -hmm. always government surveillance. There's a lot of shooting. Mm -hmm. There's so much shooting. There's dead fish every week, I assume. There's bloody writing on the floor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's so many dead bodies. It's rough. I don't know. I would probably also stalk someone. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I wouldn't stalk someone. I don't know. If you lived in Mulder's apartment building, you have no idea. That's true. <laughs> okay. Um, <coughs> did you have a special little guy? There weren't a lot of guys. I guess... No. No. Ken, my boy Ken's not a special little guy. He's something he's, more. He's, he's, a he's special, something more significant. He's a special little man. He's a man. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Full stop. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was your favorite scene and or moment from the episode? I think I went first last time. Okay. I think it's your turn. Um, I, what, the moment, I'll do a moment. I was delighted by the little part where Mulder like flips them around because they're arguing the opposite <laughs> you sides. You love that. I love that. I don't know. It was yeah. very cute. <laughs> I was delighted. Yeah. Um, and I did just like Ken's whole vibe. So the scene where I, I just call him Ken. I don't know why we're so tight. <laughs> yeah. We're just, like, so close. Yeah. Nascimento and Paget are talking in his apartment was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I love a, a character confronting their author. Same. Come on. I also love that. Yes. Um, yeah, I did like that scene. I have that. Um, I did also kind of like the first voiceover moment where Scully is examining the pendant. Yeah. It was good. It wasn't all good. But it was mostly good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Also, I mean, just the lighting, mm. the vibes, the music. It, it was all cohering together into mm-hmm. a product I liked to watch. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, Kim. That's beautiful. Sorry we made fun of you it's so much. Just, <laughs> it's not him. It's the commentary tracks. Yes, yes. You're right. I think they do drug them before I, they let I them go in. I don't know what's in. going on there. I think they give them quaaludes and then they throw them yeah. into a black room. Yeah. I don't know. Sad. Anyways, <laughs> um, they love it. They're loving it. <clears throat> Maybe they have to record like all of them at once. That so this suck. is his like fifteenth commentary of the day. Or do you mean all of them at once, like literally simultaneously? That's why they disappear for minutes at a time because they have to like run to different booths and comment on each individual oh. episode. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So when he's gone from this episode, it's because he's doing a commentary on a different one. Intre- and they that's why these minutes. sound so disconnected because they're yeah. constantly having to, like, which one am I talking about? Yeah. Okay. That's oh, why they're oh, reminding okay. themselves of the plot. Interest. I like that. <laughs> we do, yeah. I like The that. one part that I really liked, I don't think we mentioned in Commander's commentary, was when Mulder gets, like, is looking at the mail and Commander's is like, Philip Paget, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he had completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Okay. Now we rate the episode. We yes, do this we do. on a scale of zero to five alien head emojis. 
And I guess that's my turn first. So. Wiping sweat off your forehead. Oh, God. Oh, God. I have to say the right thing. Okay. Love getting Mulder neighbor lore, obviously. Yes. we've been, I've been wondering about these people forever. I know we've met some of them. The lady who shot her husband because mm-hmm. the water was getting drugged, stuff like that. We heard his water bad neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so good to see that it is just a weird loner freak like Mulder. It's a weird loner freak, freak arms Yes, is the apartment complex name. <laughs> I believe that. And I love it. Uh. These are all, like, really out of order. I did not thematically organize my notes, so I apologize in advance. But, you know, yes, it's, like, kind of an obvious metaphor, but I don't mind the obviousness of Scully, like, having her heart forcibly taken out and exposed. Um, You know, her comments about loneliness being a choice to her, but Paget kind of tries to take that choice away from her, which isn't necessarily cool, but she's obviously struggling somehow Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and life would just be easier, again, like we've talked about for Mulder and Skelly, if they would both just admit they're pretty into this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. They're very repressed. Yes. These are some repressed people. Skelly's Catholic. She comes by it honest. I don't know what Mulder's <laughs> excuse is. His parents. Yeah. Yeah. He's a wasp. Yep. You're either a wasp or you're Catholic. Mm-hmm. That's grim. It's it's a bad combination. It really is. There's yeah. no one who can, like, initiate here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sucks for them they need skinner (laughs) um i did yeah enjoy kind of the how it was filmed as well like it it did seem i guess i don't know for sure i noticed it in this episode and i feel like it was different in this episode the like depth of field of depth is that what you call it where it like the background looked very blurry when we were zoomed into people's faces in this one depth of field depth of field thank you like, very dreamy, kind of, like, very focused on the characters and their faces and not the background. I feel like usually it's filmed a little bit less shallow than that. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Where you can see the background more distinctly. dreamy. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, you know, something about, like, I know it was Paget writing about Scully, and it's up for debate how accurate anything he was saying necessarily was. I think it's, like, you know, you can interpret it. I would interpret it as her being freaked out because some of it was a little too close to home, mm-hmm. um, even if some of it wasn't. But, um, you know, it was interesting that Paget was putting onto Scully the thoughts of, like, I don't, like, uh, what do you say? Like, sublimating or repressing her own feelings and desires and things so that her male colleagues will take her seriously like that was part of one of the voiceovers or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like that's you know a little bit like interesting yeah I, I buy that yeah it does feel right yes um because she's like you know it is so hard to be taken seriously that you know she can't just let her hair down as it were mm-hmm. etc um yeah it was like a, a very suffocating kind of isolated feeling episode almost like a bottle episode we do see different locations there are other characters but for the most part it is kind of in those the four walls of like the overall apartment complex not Hell just yeah. one apartment uh inside of it so that was cool um you know like not a lot of characters with speaking roles it was really focused on Mulder Scully and Paget, and then of course my man Ken at the end Nasiamento. My man Ken. Put some respect on his He's name. He's enough to me. Ugh. Come on. 
uh yeah there's like dreamy string music throughout that's cool lots of close-ups lots of slow pans around people lots of voiceover obviously you know i love voiceover <laughs> it made sense in this episode yeah <laughs> i will grant you it's a it was a different kind yes. of voice it was intentional yeah. um obviously paget's writing is i guess i would interpret it as intentionally being a bit much i assume <laughs> i'm assuming that god i hope that chris carter was aware as he was writing it that it was a bit much <laughs> At times, Chris Carter loves his a bit much. He does love his a bit much. It was a bit much, though. It was quite purple. Um, I don't, I don't love a guy stalking Scully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The reality of that would be quite scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not like this in real life. I would not want it to happen to her. She should have gotten out of there. Yes, etc. In a story. She's clearly vaguely into it, and it is, like, metaphorical about her, like, you know, being unwilling to open up and express anything and being seen despite that and stuff like that. So I'll accept it. It was such a not, um, it was so, such a dreamy episode yeah. that it was, like, not totally on the level. Yeah. Like, I didn't believe that, I mean, I guess I believe that all of this was happening, but it was so stylized. Yeah. yeah. It didn't, yeah, it didn't feel real necessarily it felt like a story yep um it, yeah there was an artificiality to it that made us like one step removed from the reality of what it would be like if a man was actually stalking you and like b- you know rented an apartment specifically to learn more about you which would be very scary in real life <laughs> but in this episode it was like okay it's like you know about repression and subconscious desires and blah 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 so it was actually pretty interesting um yes you know the, obviously the themes of the idea of writing and creating characters and almost being victimized by the story that you're imagining and how writing is very like can be a lonely pursuit and all of that was very interesting too you know like whatever writers writing about writing you can talk about it all day but it's still interesting um sometimes interesting sometimes, sometimes interesting. it bugs me yeah I think I, it was, I, I thought it was interesting in this case. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. He like Paget wasn't apparently capable of like loving in a normal way, but he could give the gift of love to Mulder and Scully. I guess was the takeaway. Um, even though he could never experience it, he could like do something to create a love that he would never be part of. I guess He's making space for them to. Yeah take the next step which he doesn't know them well enough so he should know it's not gonna happen no but unfortunately there is again another layer where it's like he's this writer and then above him is chris carter he's like (laughs) no this will not happen Uh and then he's got his godly spray bottle on Mulder and scully Uh (laughs) refusing to let them smooch sure um yeah i don't know motives being tricky to pin down was the theme obviously like why do characters do what they do what does it mean to be a writer are you deciding the motives or are your characters like in some way fully formed already and creating their own life etc i don't know it's interesting whatever um and just like yeah of course this man's been driven mad by Mulder shenanigans as his neighbor etc <laughs> so i don't know it was i feel like slightly complicated about it but i think i liked it it definitely was not boring mm-hmm. um yeah it's like skelly being into it i don't know i guess i was kind of into it despite myself <laughs> 
Just like Scully. Just like Scully. So I really understand where she's coming from, you know? <laughs> 3.5 out of 5. Okay. Alien head emojis. All right. Yeah. Classic. Okay. All right. That was a lot of... I just was like smashing, you know, stream of consciousness. I was no, just sitting at a table in the middle of a empty room with my typewriter <laughs> typing out those thoughts. Of course, yes. Yeah. And you were pacing back and forth, and I noticed how, like, the lighting changed, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, the time of day is changing. Yeah. That's was so that weird for you when that, ha- like, when the time, cha- like, jumped in, it was a little, in five minutes? It was a little weird, yeah. but, uh, but I could see that you were in your, it was a re- it was part of your writing process. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. She's good. Thank you. All right. Um, yes, this is a very interesting episode. Such a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. after Alpha and Trevor. <laughs> yes. So exciting. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I love mainly just like the atmosphere and the vibes, the golden light, the dreamy atmosphere, the heartbeat and the music. All of that is delicious. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, we love Mulder Neighbor lore. Of course, we've been waiting for that for seasons. Mm -hmm. Seasons. Yes. Since the very beginning. Probably not since the very beginning. No. At some point. Um. Uh, of course, I love any Scully-centric episode, so good to see my girl get, uh, whatever, highlighted. Um, I thought John Hawks was fantastic. Uh, he's he's just so great. Mm-hmm. Love him in Deadwood. Love know? him in Deadwood. He's great <laughs> in Deadwood. Him and, um, him and Timmy O, mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant. Best friends. Amazing. Fantastic. You start that hardware store together, you crazy kids. Yeah. I love you. Don't remember where, what happened with that plot line. <laughs> I think they just had the store for a while, right? Did they just have it? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. They built like a nice building. At first it was like a shack. Mm-hmm. And it was like a nice building. That's right. You know? That's right. The, uh, and when he got shot, he was like living in the back room. Yep. 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 Okay, yep. now I remember. Yep. We paid attention the to The inexorable, uh, what's the word? Something coming towards you. March of civilization uh-huh. <laughs> imposed on a lawless land. <laughs> oh. I No, that's, I guess, that's whatever. True. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't want to call, like, American pre-settlement lawless. I didn't mean it like that. You know what I mean. I, yes. Anyway, I go on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes. Anyway, but long story short, we love John <laughs> yes, Hawks. Or I love John Hawks. I love um, him. Okay, you love him. He has a great nose. He has yeah. big wet eyes. Did he have rockabilly hair in Deadwood? I don't think so. Okay. He had like kind of longer hair, didn't he? It was kind of flattish. Oh, maybe. That yeah, sounds I right. So. I don't know. I liked him. Um, I don't know. He He's just like the perfect mix of like kind of threatening and really intense and like sort of creepy, but he has this like underlying kind of thread of sympathy and, you know. Those big old eyes of his. You're, you're just. I don't, you fell for the eyes. I guess so. Can't believe you'd fall for more. I didn't. Too. I didn't realize this until how much I'm mentioning it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Just like Scully, you're I'm learning something Scully about yourself. Here, I don't know. Anyway, um, I did appreciate the psychoanalysis of Scully, and yes, like we talked about, like some of it, I feel like was like right on the money. I was like, yes, this is exactly what Scully would be thinking. And some of it is like, mm, I don't know. Um, you know, usually she's just so buttoned up that you miss out on a lot of this and you don't get into her head quite so much um, until you crack open her little skull and you go searching through her Scully. little brain. Yeah. Her Scully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... 
enjoyed all the talk about how her kind of uptight nature is mostly just a mask or like a defense mechanism to push criticism away and how like deep down she does long for an opportunity to let go but she doesn't think that she ever can and there's like never really any opportunity for her to do so and I feel like even this is like this is even more evidence why she should never open up because mm-hmm. this is what happens when That's she opens true, up. Yeah, it was violent and scary mm-hmm. against her will, against this is her what consent. She's scared of, and it hurt a lot. So I guess it's like it's like kind of a metatextual. Like <laughs> this is what she's afraid of. Like yeah. this is why she doesn't want to open up. But this is what she thinks is going to happen. At the end, is she not being held by the man she loves? Let's see and comforted. Let's is see. it not worth the pain? That's true. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so I did appreciate all of that kind of psychoanalysis, but I guess in-universe, it is not coming from Scully herself, it is coming from, like, a guy who's creepily obsessed with her, so that's a little, it's a little suspect, I guess. Um, but, I don't know, like, like we were talking about with Chris Carter's infamous spray bottle, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it is kind of, like, interesting from, like, a metatextual level like Chris Carter is writing this and it's sort of like we're six seasons into this show these characters have taken on a life of their own perhaps their storylines have gone in places that Chris Carter didn't really intend them to go in the first place so like in a way this episode is him sort of like dealing with like sure I created these characters but now that it's like this whole other thing people interpret them in different ways that I don't necessarily agree with, but it's out there and there's nothing I can do about it. And there are good parts to that. And there are also bad parts to that. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I didn't love that. They, you know, of course they have to mention how beautiful Scully is and, it sort of irked me a little bit that she's just like waiting for a man to sweep her off her feet and teach her how to open up and be a real woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't love that. No. I didn't love that very no. much. Um, but whatever. But what if it was about a woman needing to sweep her off her feet and teach her to love? Aye, aye, aye. Well. Then. Well, maybe. Maybe. A little more interesting. More interesting, yeah. But no. She's her own person. Not written by this writing team. No. I would not trust them with that storyline. No. <laughs> no. That is a good point. Never yeah. mind. But um, we can't have another woman on the show. Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, written by the right person. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. No. Fair Perhaps point. written by a woman. No, I would be I see all where the on horror, board. I see where the horror in your eyes came from. No, no, I, no. For, I was so high on the idea that I forgot <laughs> no, no. the writing team. Theoretically, yeah. I would be all on board. Yeah. But, you know, the horrors. The horrors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Et cetera. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I liked all the talk about the motives and... Uh, or, like, imagining the motives of people and, like, how for Paget, like, imagining life can only take you so far. At some point, he has to live it or not live it. Or just die. And die. You Sometimes know? you just got to die. Some people are too delicate to live, I guess. I guess so. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm a real sucker for characters confronting their creators. I really enjoyed just, like, the the anger in Nascimento's eyes when he was, like, demanding that Paget tell him why he was doing what he was doing. Loved that. Um, I don't know. So, yes. Lots of mixed mm-hmm. feelings on this episode. I feel like now my rating is... No, I'm going to stick with it. I did have 4.5 written down. Yeah. 
I appreciate a lot about it. I do have some quibbles with it. But on the whole, it's just... I appreciate an episode that goes for it. Yeah. And this, I, I would... Even if there are things I don't quite like about it, this episode is going for it. And it's interesting and strange. And I appreciate that about it, even if all of it doesn't totally land. So, Speak your truth. 4.5 alien head emojis. Nice. Yeah. That's okay that you love an incel (laughs) stalking Scully. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. That's That's exactly what I said. That's okay that you said he wants Scully to be victimized by male violence. (laughs) That's exactly what I said. Thank you for (laughs) interpreting my words so correctly. You're welcome. (laughs) I also like the episode, so I also want Skelly to Mm -hmm. be victimized by it. I don't think that's true. Male violence. Anyway, yeah, it's a good episode. Also, there's probably some. Is there something about uh, the the heart uh, being pulled out of your chest about writing when you release it into the world too? Yeah, something like that. I think so. And also that your characters can do that to other people because you have, you imbue them with the power to hurt other people emotionally. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this is not an episode that could have been in the show much earlier. I feel like this episode had to come (laughs) late in the show at like after the show had become such a phenomenon. Yeah. When Mulder and Skelly are those characters. Yes. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty trippy. Chris Carter just wanted to write a little show about UFOs, and now... And now this. And now look what has happened. Now there's pages on the internet of them smooching, which mm-hmm. is not, not his intention. No. Platonic. But it's there. Fuck. And he's got to deal with it. God damn it. Yeah. He's not happy about it. I guess. I don't know. I think he's accepted it. He's probably come to peace with it now, considering <laughs> most of his life has been this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably not most, but almost. A lot. Probably getting close to most of his life. What is he? Sixty, something like five. that. Oh wow! I don't know. How old is he? No, no, no. I'm just like, it. It would be a lot of his life. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's it. That's the episode. That's all. That is milagro. No, no, no. Sorry, Malagra. Malagra. That's Malagra. That's Malagra for you. Mulder, what's this Malagra pendant all about? I want that version of Scully. Yeah. Yeah. Mulder, I don't understand this Malagra. Malagra. Do you know what that means? And he probably does. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although Scully was the one who told him, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's that. All right. That is all. Thank you, Malagro. But we are moving on. Let's see. Next week, we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 19, The Unnatural. It is a Monster of the Week. It's a bit of a fan favorite. Mm. There's baseball in it. Nice. Okay. I look forward to it. I'm just going to guess mm-hmm. not addressing anything that happened in this episode. Maybe I mean... it does. I'm just like, you know, like it ends on like Scully, like covered in blood, mm-hmm. having almost had her heart ripped out of her chest, mm-hmm. you know desperately clutching to Mulder mm-hmm. and crying. Yes. And I assume the next episode is going to open on them like you got any plans for the weekend? <laughs> I don't know, in the office. Sure. So. Such is the nature of procedural TV. Indeed. And yeah. it's okay. It's just funny. Yes. Um, yes, I feel like I've heard the title of this episode, so I'm excited. Probably because mm-hmm. it's baseball. Baseball. People love, people love baseball. They love it. They love that mm-hmm. shit. Uh, if Mulder you- loves that shit. 
he i that's what i hear mm-hmm. i associate him with baseball mm-hmm. has he expressed any baseball interest in the show yet i can't remember yeah he's definitely a basketball boy hasn't he been like watching he like listens to baseball on the radio right yeah and he did do that one time i think he was like looking at score yeah he's mentioned baseball okay okay yeah. good i couldn't remember if i just like was putting that on him or not Nah. okay he's a baseball boy yeah if you would like to send us an email, you can do so at skellynationpod at gmail.com. You can also send us uh, DMs or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at skellynationpod on both of those news sources. That's not what they're called. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. And you can definitely Social send us a DM sites. on Twitter. You can definitely because send Because they're us, open and I'm checking them. Apparently. I hear some people sent them in April and we oh have not read God. them yet. But we will <laughs> get to you. so bad. It's fine. It happens. Anyway. It's an accident. We were not intentionally ignoring you. Please don't hate us. Yeah. Except for one of you. You, you know, know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> now we're just making <laughs> no, them all no, cry. it's not true. It's not true. Um, okay. A reminder. Send season six wrap-up questions to us by October 15th, or we will make fun of you. We'll make fun of every one of you who's listening to this, but but not submitting questions. I don't know how we're going to figure that out, but we will be calling you out by name. You don't think we have that data? Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. Come on. We don't. (laughs) We don't. That'd be crazy. Uh, Our intro and outro music is by Griefmaster Putz. You can get more of their music on Bandcamp. Uh, also, if you are enjoying our show, please consider giving us a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice and spread the word about the pod. Tell your friends, your family, and the writer who lives next door that is uh, psychosexually obsessed with you about the podcast because maybe they will get psycho- psychosexually obsessed with us. Oh, I, I guess. guess. I don't know if I want that. I don't really want that either. Yeah, don't do Uh, that. Okay, never mind. Never mind. You're stuck with him. I'm (laughs) sorry. That's your stalker. We are not going to take him. No. All right. Well, I've been your host, Amanda. And I have been Ella. And please remember, trust no one except for us. Bye.